Hello, baby. I'm thinking of a number. I'm I'm thinking of a number. That's crazy. What's what's your number? How do you do the? Okay, let's break down. Let's break. How do you do the impression? Okay, here we go. Because of okay. course, everyone knows we're talking about the hit movie. Uh, uh, not Lenny. Sorry, that's another movie. We're talking about Maestro. What's Lenny? Is that another Leonard Bernstein movie? No, it's about Lenny Bruce, the comedian. Oh, oh, you yeah. mean the guy played by that one guy in? But this one, he's oh, played by Dust, Miss Mabel. I think it's Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, it's Dustin Hoffman. Dustin, Dustin Hoffman. Nineteen. How about Dusty? How about Dusty? Um, hot man. It's just what you say when it's the desert. It's dusty and hot, man. What other names are are things you say when you're at places? Um, there's Al Pacino, which is what you say. Ow, my chinos, and that's what. Um. Oh, I thought Al Pacino is when you are in the mountain range in Europe. Uh huh. And you're with your. You're wearing, I guess, cotton twill trousers, I That's guess. true, yeah. So it's either Alp... Where's the... Just Alp, comma, a Chino? Is that what that is? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, I like that. I, but I anyway... I think of, like, pal. Like, a, like a, a pal. Like, all yeah. this when your friend is Chinese. It's it's two. Oh, there you go. We're not even two minutes <laughs> in, man. And we're already... Yeah, this is going to be... Someone, I mean, someone give a call for this. Someone, so there's someone you got to get on the phone, right? There is a person ring, we ring. need to get on the phone. And it is, um, of course, Hang up the Leonard phone Bernstein. Right Why'd they call me? Because <laughs> he wants no to do the number game with you. Yeah. yeah. How do you spell that? With the, with what characters? <laughs> there you go. Wingdings. <laughs> People, people uh, listen to fucking comedy bang bang. That's <laughs> right. That's... If you listen, to, if you listen to us, you listen to comedy bang bang. That's that's kind of that's the rule. It is. It that's, is that, one. That's rule. how. That's how it. That's how it works. New rule. One rule. Under what if we God. got um, uh, Bill Mayer? Uh, Ma- yeah, Bill Mayer on this, or John Mayer? Is we Bill... could get. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. We how could about, get him for like John a round Major? table. How about Jonathan oh, Majors? Oh, no. Okay, hold on. Let's get a <laughs> round table discussion between Bill Mayer. John Mayer and then Jonathan Majors and then can we yeah. get is there like a major like someone in the military like a major that we can get in there that Major kinda, Tom like, the subject of the of uh, that one the, song the song this the fictional astronaut from the David Bowie song I think we could get him right. yeah yeah who who's played him uh, wasn't there a Major Tom movie I feel like everyone's gonna know I'm a fake Major Bowie Tom head. Uh, I don't know what that is Major Tom. It's, well, it was, of course, just a persona of David Bowie, Mr. Bowie himself. Um, Mr. So we Bowie. could just, we could, okay, hold, here's what we could do. Okay. And it looks like Tell he's me. got a sweater. We get a, um, like a medium. And then we get David Bowie on the podcast. Like the website where people can submit their own articles for you? Yeah, yeah. We get the founder of Medium on there, and we talk about okay. the, demo- the democratization of that word of, <laughs> of, of publishing, you know? That's right. Oh boy. That's yeah. where you know people always publish. You know, not not no offense to people, but I'm like, oh yeah, I, I write articles in Medium. I go, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like anyone could do that. That's just you know. Yeah. Um, now, do you I'd think like, Substack has stolen the Medium thing? You know. Well, now yeah, because the, the Substack is where you go if you're really good, because then people want to pay you. Um, oh, that's unless right. you're one of those free Substacks, and I'm like, 
who cares? You might you might as well be um, on Medium. <laughs> you, I mean, here, well, here's do you, like if someone said, you know, I used to publish on Medium, but I got really good, and now I publish on Large. Do you think you would you would be a little bit more impressed? I don't I don't know what that is actually. It's just like What's Medium, the... but better. It's because it's large. <laughs> yep. Oh my god! I can't believe I fell for that one. Yeah, there you go. It's it's my new idea for a website. Honestly, I think we could pull this off. It's a big idea. Um, I remember, yeah, at trivia. Off. This is like completely off topic. Uh, this is off the record but, too. Yeah, off off the dome, off the record, off Ooh. the hook. Uh, but the guy was like, "Yeah, I did some lighthouse keeping over the weekend." I go, "Lighthouse keeping?" And he he was like, "No, no, like I did like some small chores around the house." And I'm like, "Okay." Less, <laughs> I, less interesting. I really he, wanted him. Yeah, I really wanted just, him to do a thing. You should. Yeah, he he didn't know how to riff. That's his problem. Um, I saw yeah. something on Twitter where um. It was a conservative guy that was getting mad um, at everyone making the same joke in his comments, and he was just saying, it's like, this is clearly some sort of coordinated effort, there's some sort of power behind this that's trying to take me down, and I'm like, this is just people riffing, <laughs> like, you just not, you just don't know what riffing, riffing is on, like, one joke, you know? Uh, I, I think that's kind of a fun way to live, imagine if, if you went to an improv, like, you were just happened to be around imp- improvisers, and they were just like you were just in Chicago, let's stuff. say. Yeah, and then yeah. and you were like, "What the fuck is this place, man?" It's, it's like, like, wait, do you guys? You, yeah, it's like, are you guys all like doing this on purpose? You guys are saying ridiculous things. I don't get it. Are you? Are you the, lying? The, <laughs> we remember that bad improv show that we went to. Like, we should have. We should yeah. go back, and then like you know they have the taxi cab thing, and we just kept seeing like we should just sit in the front row and be like, "What the fuck are you guys doing? You're not even in a car." You're not actually going anywhere. Don't you realize that? <laughs> just be one of the just like what the hell? It's like wait, this guy just said he's. What, wait, what were the characters that they had on there? I, just I don't remember, remember. the I two gay guys that were, were conservatives. Yeah, but they weren't too conservative because the the improvisers didn't want to express those views even as a joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they were very careful not to get canceled for their fake characters that they are portraying yeah i remember the taxi driver was of course like a cia agent or was she australian or something yeah something like that yeah yeah either cia or australian one of those two this anecdote doesn't really help anyone at all actually no but i'm just saying imagine a really bad improv show where people are pretending to be driving a taxi cab they're sitting in four chairs and they're doing space work to make it look like a taxi cab so that's this that's that's the all the context you really need for this and also the improv sucked i hated it i was on my phone for like half the time it was just I loved bad it. i was re- i was relishing in everything um you, before like we move dog? on and, and, and introduce yeah before we move on and introduce the podcast uh i i was at a bowling thing and there was a guy who was in in, in improv or he was taking improv classes and the mm-hmm. host was like oh yeah me too and they both bonded over how like difficult it was and they both said yeah it's kind of hard to find the funny and i'm like i can't relate brother i'm, I'm, yeah. I'm hilarious you have I'm like a, you have to I'm like you a have funny to be the funny over here i'm, I'm the you funny, are the funny. i just like i think a lot of people think improv is just like how to like roll with the punches but like it's it's that's still boxing. comedy man yeah exactly yeah people that's, are that's getting boxing. improv confused with boxing yeah that's crazy bro uh-huh. imagine how funny floyd merrymother could be he probably if he didn't get hit in the head a bunch or maybe he's actually way funnier now that he has been hit in the head a bunch 
<laughs> they should do that. They should like yeah, yeah. Looney Tunes got it right. I mean, that's the whole like with the little little hammer stuff. Right? Yeah, and he had. I mean, if you look at Floyd Mayweather, of course he does have like a little bump that's just a kind of like a tower uh, that's uh, sprouting out of the top of his head with a couple ha- loose hairs on. I it. always thought that that was really weird as a kid. I'm like, that's scary. Actually, that's like not that what a bruise looks like. It's I've you know I've never yeah, seen it's, anyone. It's, it's, it's like I've never seen anyone cancer. get a Tom and Jerry style. Well, yeah, I mean <laughs> even head bump. Welt on the yeah, head. even when you. Yeah. Yeah. Even when you get like, uh, you know, my parents called it like a goose egg, right? It's not like, it's not like it's not tall, right? Yeah, that's the thing about it. It's not tall. I would hate that. I would hate to to, to do that. You know. I would hate to have tall bruises, honestly. <laughs> tall bruise. Yeah. Uh, welcome how about everyone. Tall Bruce? This is. How about Lenny Bruce? How about, how about Le- tall Bruce? How about how about tall Bruce Lenny? Okay. Uh, did you know that there's a character named Skinny Superman, apparently? <laughs> no. Oh, it's not. I don't think it's the, it's the character's name. There's just a comic series uh, where he's skinny uh, because he was, a, like, a prisoner or something. I'm not a nerd. Don't fucking t- tell me what it is. Tell but that to rat. I only found out about this because uh, I saw the dumbest, like, TikTok, like, uh, superhero fan thing that was, like, fan casting for this you know like the the best superhero movie of all time and they had someone as skinny superman <laughs> and i was just like what the fuck are, like i thought it was a shit post but it was it was real it's just uh, what these kind of like we need someone to play like pre-serum uh captain rogers you know there you go and it's just chris evans that's true did they, did, what did they do again they like shrank his body did he have a body double or did they shrink he, body, they, i think like, they had they had a they had a, they had a body double and then they composited his face Onto yeah. onto the skinny guy. He made his face. Skinny. I haven't seen that movie in a while. Does that look good? Does that effect like hold up? When did that come out? Because sometimes I think about like uh, what we do in the shadows, where Colin Robinson becomes <laughs> a child, and like yeah. they, they superimpose his face onto a kid's face, and it it's is. supposed to be like bad and unsettling because it's like it's it's just supposed to be funny. Like how about when the uh, it, I mean it's like a hey, in the movie version where they have the guy that uh, can't get the faces right on the animals, so he always just has like a human face with like a cat. Have you seen the movie? I don't know uh, the movie version of yeah of what shadows. we do in the shadows. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a while. I oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. The uh, I think Vladislav the poker. That's his thing. He he turn, can turn into animals, but he doesn't get the faces right. They call me the poker. They call me the poker. What do you poke? Welcome to Sound Direction, a men's podcast with right. the stuffiness. I'm Ethan <clears throat> M Wong. I'm Spencer DSO, and I'm MJ. That's ten minutes on the dot right there. Wow. And welcome. We're, so We're talking. This is a, a fantastic episode. The movies are back, and, folks. Yeah, and hey, you're listening to this. You're like, wait, what? Movie talk? You know, what was this? The third or fourth week of a month and I only get 15 minutes? No, no. This is so big that we had to take it out of the vault right. and make it publicly available and to you, we're, our we're, listeners. So this is going to be a special thing because, if listen, it's... Don't get used what, to it. About a month after the, these that's movies right. came out, but <laughs> that's okay. Almost two, actually. I Almost think. two months. Jesus. Um, but anyway, we are discussing not only the style of Barbenheimer, which I don't know if we've actually said that. <laughs> nope. Is that it's, one it's word or two words? It's, it's um, one word. It is one word, but it's Barbie and Oppenheimer. So we're going to be discussing uh, the, the style in those two movies because hey, there's some fun clothes in both of them. Where there's the the period piece that we love, and then. Uh, Ken has some yeah. outfits. Yeah, 
<laughs> he has a lot of outfits. I don't know. Well, there's I, like there's like cool like beachwear and stuff like that. Well, I guess, the whole thing but... is that both of these movies, like they they, if you look at the you know the the articles and interviews that we'll share in the show notes mm-hmm. and they probably Google like like they both took a lot of attention to detail in the oh, yeah. costuming for the for the menswear. You know, obviously mm-hmm. Barbie is a given, but Ken gets some cool fits that they reference a lot of like you know the, the story beats in it. And again, spoilers abound for this because again the movie came out two months ago at the time of airing this. And yeah. so you should have seen it multiple times by now. Exactly. So. Multiple times. Um, so, first of all, do we want to just talk about... Um, the concept or the cultural thing? I guess, like, yeah. When, we, when was this When was this like announced? Like, I, what, what did you hear about first? Uh, I think I remember... Well, I don't know. I think the, the Barbie movie has been in the works for a long time. It's been That's attached right. to a couple different actresses and directors. I think at one point it was going to be Lena Dunham. Dun- Dunham? Uh, at one point, it was going to be Gal Gadot or Gal Gadot, however you say your name. Um, yeah. But um, then, at a certain point, it became uh, Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie. Um, Oppenheimer. I don't remember. I don't remember when I heard about those movies. Like, I guess you could look up when those movies were announced. Um, but I just remember uh, being on Twitter the day that the. Uh, release dates were announced for both those movies and the jokes were pretty immediate and that didn't yeah. seem like because like again for I, f- I figure everyone listening to this knows but just for context uh those movies both came out on the same day in the u.s at least maybe we have some uh, you know out of the, like foreign listeners that it didn't come out on the same day um but uh the the, the funny thing is uh like the the release date was kind of originally like a spite thing for Warner Brothers um, because they knew that I think I th- think the uh, the Oppenheimer um, release date was announced first uh, and so they took that um, and they uh, they they were gonna release their big blockbuster against that to, to try to um, uh, try to take some away their box office revenue but then yeah. of course uh, now our like Oppenheimer which is again like again like a three hour pretty depressing biopic um is gonna gross like 900 million dollars maybe a billion or something which yeah, is pretty barbie fucking hit, crazy hit, probably hit a billion like a couple weeks barbie ago, did I hit think. a billion or yeah at the time of recording this yeah yeah but it's like yeah. it's pretty crazy how well both of these movies are doing com- like especially compared to some other like you know movies that have been out um obviously like top gun was the big one last year but a lot of the marvels have been doing pretty poorly even Mission Impossible, which hey, we have different v- views on this last one, but that one like uh, was a little bit of a bomb. Um, but I also just think that's because they it's bad. <laughs> I, well, no, I think the big problem is that it was released <laughs> no, I, like I, fucking yeah. the week before these two movies, which everyone was already excited about. Um, yeah. I don't know, people. I think like Fallout was like so good, but I don't know. Like I don't know. Like were people? It didn't seem like people were as excited for this one as like. Well, this you know, is like, so the reason I wanted to talk about this is because, yeah. like, I think that, that these movies really kind of they show the power of like cultural movement, social media, and, and also like movies. in the in the the magic of the movies in like in the post pandemic yeah. era. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think Fallout, even though it came at a you know normal time, right? That's like 2019. 2019? Or, or, wow. or twenty? No, was it twenty eighteen? It was I, whatever 
2018. 18, okay. I just yeah, okay. I just remember that was when MoviePass died <laughs> at the same time well, that, that movie came out. If we think about yeah, I mean like think about yeah, like MoviePass was, was a kill died around that time. MoviePass famously said that you could not use MoviePass to watch that movie because that was like the biggest movie when it was coming out. Like yeah, everyone exactly. was going to yeah, see you that. You have one. that. You have the Henry Cavill reloading arms that became a meme oh, in yeah. itself. There you and go. you also have this is the famous movie that caused the re the 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 uh the the Snyder cut another Snyder cut the uh the Justice League movie to have crazy oh uh, removed that's right. beard, uh, Superman because they could he could not shave his beard and mustache because he yeah. had to grow it out for Fallout so even though like those don't really contribute to like Fallout being like like a crazy big movie because it's just it's just a good movie on its own I I think that 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 uh Dead Reckoning Part One doesn't really have anything other than it just being another one yeah know? and then it's like also i don't know i don't like the part i never like part one in a in a title i think that's bad yeah yeah death yeah. of hallows was like i think is that, is that the first one that uh, that kind of broke its uh its final thing into another that, i think that i mean i know that was like one of the early ones and then immediately after like twilight and hunger games did the same thing and then d- yeah. i don't know did the any of the game. other yeah the or, ya novel really things game, but... Yeah, because everyone thought it was going to be Infinity War Part 2. Um, yeah, but they no, were like, it was... nope, it's Endgame. Uh-huh. Anyway, um, that's enough, like, Hollywood talk. Because we, yeah, we, we, again, we weren't going to talk about this. We a lot to go over for this damn three-hour movie. But, but yeah, like, this this idea of eventizing a movie, like, I remember when the memes came out when it first was like, oh, man, like, me going from Barbie to Oppenheimer the same day. Like, this is, like, you know, like, like maybe, like, two years ago of, like, yeah. you know, like, you know, wearing a dress and then like wearing a suit afterward or whatever. So like people were kind of already prepped for this, and you know, I, I don't know if 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 you guys, I guess MJ was with me, so this is more of a thing for Spencer. But like I, like a bunch of people I knew were like getting ready to dress up for. It. People were asking oh, me if dude. I was going to dress up for both. Everyone, you know? ever this was like almost yeah, like everyone I knew had plans to to, to see these movies. Uh, at least when I went to the theater, I'm sure it was the same experience for you. It was like the most packed I've seen it since like. I don't know, maybe Infinity War, but even then, like, the difference is people were, like, fucking packed out for, like, two movies versus just one big release, which is what, like, we've been used to for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've seen a lot of movies on opening night. I guess, so for Oppenheimer, I watched it near MJ in Glendale, which is, you know, it's not a big theater, but we did watch Barbie in, in Burbank, and, you know, that's, you know, Burbank, Barbie in Burbank, yeah. You know, like, that, 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 that place was fucking packed, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, people were really, really excited for this and everyone was like really dressed up and I can't imagine or can't think of a time where a movie, a release has like captured the zeitgeist in this way. Like I think of, and and especially in terms of like fashion, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we, we've talked about how like hashtag menswear will never really come back because of, you know. You know, Mad Men was in the cultural zeitgeist. You also have, like, you know, the recession and people wanted to have clothes that lasted because people wanted to save money. And you also had, like, the birth of Instagram. I mean, Instagram was, like, maybe, like, you know, three years old at the time when when Mad Men first started coming out. But everything was kind of primed for, like, this, you know, fashion movement to happen. And since then, we just really haven't had anything. We've had some things kind of, like, be a little bit in that vein. Like, we had the Great Gatsby movie where people are like, oh, yeah, Gatsby parties, the summer of Gatsby. But, like, that was, like, for that, for, like, 2013 only, you know? And, and maybe mm-hmm. for, like, the summer, and, like, that's it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then since then, like, yeah, there really hasn't been a movie or any, any kind of cultural thing that kind of promotes people dressing up, having this cultural movement of that's kind of fa- centered around fashion. 
But of course, with Barbie and Oppenheimer, it's all like, you know, every time I posted a fit that was like vintage, people were like, oh, you should wear that when Oppenheimer comes out. You know, like I think one time I wore like, like maybe like a couple of weeks before the movie came out, I wore a brown suit with a gray fedora. And I guess if you look at the costume, which we will do in the later half of this episode, I guess you could say he does wear a brown suit and like a like a dark grayish hat. But it's yeah. not really like, you know, it's not like there's very clear Oppenheimer stuff. You know, he's wearing single breasted. The hat is like this weird like. They call it a. Flat I was top. just reading an article that's uh, talking about how they found the hat for it, um, yeah. and they say it was uh, a, a specific taupe color that ch- changed depending on where it was, where you saw it in the light. Um, after reading this article, I am kind of curious to talk about the hat thing, just from a uh, I mean, historical <laughs> costuming perspective. Yeah. Yeah, but we'll yeah. get there. I mean, hey, we, hey, we still have Indiana Jones at some point, right? Oh, that's right. Uh, which, yeah, where we'll get into hats again. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, like we, we just, um, it was funny that people like this regular fedora that I have. My 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 gray fedora, uh, fresh from Willema, looks like a regular, like an Indiana Jones. It looks like the Indiana Jones gray fedora, just like a regular mm-hmm. fedora in gray. But people were like, "Oh, that's such an Oppenheimer fit." And I'm like, "It's not," but but I see what people are saying. Like, I think people like getting in this idea of like they they kind of know what fits the vibe of this movie. You know, and um, obviously when 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 people when we did like there's a very clear Barbie vibe. I think especially for the mm-hmm. women, where like you know, like there is this kind of chic look that feels much more Barbie. Like I think yeah, you could have worn like a pink T-shirt, and we did see that. You know, when I went to the movie theater, for, but like a lot of people like you know they did like um, like head scars and like very 60s adjacent stuff, or like or like 80s 90s because like there's the whole thing of like them being uh you know they, they have the, the very quick roller skating scene yeah the neon stuff the neon yeah. stuff and there's also like when they wear the western stuff when they go to venice because like they just wear that like mm-hmm. people did like western vibes with like barbie stuff or people were like you know like gingham gingham uh dresses and, and whatever you know or, or go-go boots the stuff that just feels like like it feels such intentionally barbie like so it's just really cool to see that people were had a, a distinct vibe with this because you know mm-hmm. when, when you watch like gatsby people wore you know, you wear a fedora and like a pinstripe suit. That's not really 1922. That's kind of like 1941. You know, like it's not exactly it. But here, the vibe is kind of general enough where people can kind of get into it with ease. And you clearly see that with all the fits people shared for Barbie on TikTok. Yeah. There's so many articles about people dressing up about this. It's just, yeah, it's just, it's just really cool to see. Um, and I, I, I also thought of the other time people dressed up. It's when uh, Zoomers wore. Uh, suits to watch the Minions movie mm-hmm. and when MJ and I watched it we did see like like two or three guys yeah. wearing a suit you know it wasn't everyone but like you know because like there's a bunch of families watching the Minions movie I'm sorry Minions colon The Rise of Gru which came out uh, right. last year um, was that but yeah. last year? I'm pretty sure it's last year okay I remember the yeah. jokes about people wearing suits to that movie but I just remember that being like longer ago was that before yeah, the? That was that before the pandemic. I don't. I straight up don't remember. It's, it's July 5, twenty twenty two. I don't know oh why why people did it. It's like. <laughs> Universal Pictures apparently uh, tweeted saying to everyone showing up to Minions and Suits, we see you and we love you. That's fine. We see you, and we love you. Yeah, I don't know why. It's just like you know, people said like they just wore. Su- I think it's because it's just hilarious you know like it's just mm-hmm. a funny thing to just watch this like you know animated movie and, pe- and people like well because it's, people it's hate like the minions. meme it's no it's the meme like I, it's literally because of the meme of that like 
you know, it's like, you know, me going to my grandma's funeral or something, and then it's a picture of a dude in, like, a t-shirt and basketball shorts, and then, like, me going to the Minions <laughs> the movie. Minions and it's movie. The, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's like, I'm pretty sure that that was, like, the first one, and then people were like, oh, what if we did that for real? Probably. And then they did. Yeah, probably. Probably. I like I like this tweet. Streets turned us despicable, but our money still grew. That is true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I guess yeah, this is like the, the this version of it, and it spans you know a gener- generations. I guess like it's not just millions you know, of years. <laughs> it's not just about kids trying to be like really funny and edgy, and and watching what is arguably a pretty wholesome movie, doing a very harmless trend of of wearing a suit to go watch a movie. Yeah. But this is, which is is something, Hey, we do all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Every day, baby. Every day. You know, get in line, Buster. I mean, it's Um, like, you know, it's people ask me why I'm so dressed up for the the movie theater. And I'm like, cause this is my church. I'm trying to show (laughs) respect (laughs) to my God, to my, my God of movies. Yeah. What's, what's the, what's the, what is like film? Like what's the solution of film? What's our God called? Like, what do they call it? Like, um, nitrate oh, or something. Yeah, there you like, go. Our, our nitrate god. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Um, I will say, Spencer, I just, I, this wasn't in the notes. Do you remember the time we dressed up? I mean, we, we always kind of dressed up to watch. Like, we kind of get in the vibe of whatever Yeah, we'll we're talk watching. about this. Yeah. Um, but remember when we wore sweater vests to go watch the Invitation game? Which is pre-Oppenheimer. Kind of. It's not, yes. not nearly as good. Um, but it is, you know, it's about scientists who are conflicted. I get, well, I guess he's not conflicted. There's no point where he's like, oh, my God, I've translated too much. This is too powerful. No, but he, he, well, the whole thing in, in Invitation Game is he, have to, he's he, gay. he now has the power to decide what information you share versus what you don't. That's right. And uh, remember, like, the, the, the guy, like, the guy's brother dies because, like, there's, like, a torpedo attack on this thing. And they're like, well, we can't share it because otherwise they would just change oh, the codes. Right. Yeah, and like that—that's a pretty—that's a pretty Oppenheimer-esque. Okay, wait, let's despair. put together. Let's put together our Oppenheimer Film Festival, and by that I just mean contemporary movies about World War Two. <laughs> so I think Imitation Game. Gotta get that. The Darkest um, Hour. Darkest Hour. I was about to say that one. Uh, um, Midway. We could throw the that new in one. there. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just Dunkirk, and so no. Here's what. Here's what you do. Here's what you do. You put play all these movies, but you splice them together so everything happens in chronological order. Well, you could do that with you could do that with Imitation Game, Dunkirk, and The Darkest Hour, though. You could probably kind of like like get there, you know. But just like you know, like one scene of Oppenheimer, and then the next scene is Imitation Game because it takes place oh, the next sorry. day and stuff like that, you know. Oh, then, I, I see what you mean. Yeah, that's, that's so, crazy, actually. Uh huh. Um. I think that would be great. I'd love to see, you know, some editor who's bored do that. <laughs> Download all these movies. Yeah. And splice them together so everything is it takes place in chronological order. Yeah, you should get uh uh, uh Topher Grace because he loves making these super cuts he does. or whatever, you know. We should get fucking... him on the podcast. Hey Peter. That's my impression yeah. of him as Eddie Brock. And then I'll do my impression of uh, Leonard Bernstein, or sorry, Bradley Cooper is Leonard Bernstein. <laughs> what and what about an impression of um, of Tom Hardy's Venom? Ooh, I would actually love to see a scene of I'm all hungry. of them together. Does he say that or something? He's all like. So how about okay? So how about this movie? It's Tom Hardy's Venom, uh, Topher Grace's, Grace's Venom, yeah. and Leonard Bernstein as Venom. 
it, yeah, it's a multiverse movie where it's like the Venom multiverse because those are so hot right now. But then they like, yeah, it's a period piece. It's set in the seventies, uh, and they have to kill Leonard Bernstein. Oh my god, Terminator. Um, yeah, but he's really good at tag. Was he in tag? Was Bradley Cooper in tag? Or am I thinking of uh, Jeremy thinking Renner? Of, you're thinking of Jeremy Renner, where you could confuse that Hamm. guy. You could confuse or, J- Jeremy Renner with Topher Grace, probably what, you, what you're thinking of, I think. Yeah, but anyway, it's yeah, it's about the two Venoms. It's a multiverse movie. It's bullshit. And then they have to go back in time and kill Leonard Bernstein. I think that would be a pretty kill- good movie. <gasps> yeah, that, that's that's what... We should have a movie about <laughs> that. And uh, you can have that scene where... Uh, where Don Cheadle as a war machine goes like, I gotta kill baby Thanos, you know? And then and then he's like, I'm a damn cl- cl- Cree. What what are they? No, the Crees are the bad ones. I'm a Sklork. I didn't watch the that scroll. fucking show. Uh, scrolls. Scroll. That's it. Again, I'm, yeah, I don't right. know he's comic stuff. Sorry, gang. Um, yeah. But let's okay. Let's uh, let's get back on topic. So so here we yeah, okay, start. Okay, do we let's, start let's the talk about phenomenon. Do we want to start with just like pure costume discussion? Yeah, I mean, I think we talked enough about the the cultural phenomenon. I mean, I feel like people oh, were already like super should, into this. Did yeah. we talk about more? Should we talk about really quick just how we have done this for every movie we see all the time? Yeah, just, I like, mean, what, yeah. what's yeah? What's the, what's a recent one? What have, what have we done? I mean, I'm just, like both times that I've seen um, Asteroid City. I mean, we didn't see them together. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it, with Asteroid City, I did that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was like, I was like, okay, well, I need to put something together that kind of feels like '50s Western. Um, and then I don't know. I do that for a lot of period pieces. Obviously, that's pretty easy. But um, I don't know. Do we did did we ever do that for like Star Wars or like Marvel or anything like that? Oh yeah, I did dress up. Uh, as like a regular, like a Han Solo esque thing, and MJ wore all black to be Kylo Ren, I guess. When we watched the Last Jedi, like oh, I yeah. wore a puffer vest with a long sleeve polo shirt and like navy chinos and um, black black boots because I was Han Solo. I feel like, I mean, what I'm describing though is like Disney bounding, yeah, kind of right. And people love it when we talk about Disney bounding. Yes, yes, they do because you know who doesn't love being tied to a IP uh, that nerds love to dress like. Uh, but no, but seriously, I feel like we, yeah, we do get in the vein of whatever we're watching. Also, because like, I mean, we we have a lot of clothes, and I feel like the challenge to ourselves is kind of fun. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. kind of put your head, put your head, put get into the head of a costume, <laughs> and then put your head in a hat and through a shirt, hat before shirt. Yeah, yeah, like like you said earlier, right? We you know got like Asteroid City. I did the same thing with like French Dispatch. I wore like my green oh, yeah, suit yeah. with like you know uh, with a beret and everything. Uh, I just think it's. I mean, we we clearly love movies here. We just did our episode Hello. with our our good old friend Nick uh, of a Bamp style. That's right. Uh, but but yeah, I think it's like a fun thing to kind of to kind of do, and it's cool again. Like I said earlier, to see other people, you know, sir, uh, kind of gather and glean the. Um, the movie the style. expressive proper yeah the expressive properties of these two ip and kind of dress yeah. in that vein um are we ready to talk let's talk about barbie first cause i feel like that's the okay. easier one because there's there's not too much uh, there's not there. as many men's clothes i liked it i only saw this one once i have seen oppenheimer twice 
Um, I'm, if I can get a ticket to the 70 millimeter, I might. Uh, they keep adding shows, but I don't know. They also like fucking fill up like same day. And it's I'm I don't want to go to the Universal City Walk. <laughs> that does suck. Yeah, to sit, I, to sit in probably, the first I, row in your life. It's probably easier for me to see it here, but at the time of recording, I'm only going to be in town for another like, oh man, less than ten days. Um, uh, six days. Sorry, eight yeah. days. <laughs> I did the wrong math wrong. Still less than ten. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. less than ten. But so, um, yeah. Quick summary of this one. All right. It's uh, it's just about like a Barbie who goes to the real world, and it's, at the same time, like, <laughs> finding her purpose, I guess, or like kind of like what it means to be a time, human woman. Uh, uh, and, and discovers the concept of misogyny and fucking and patriarchy. Loves it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which I just think is so funny. It's just a guy like immediately learning it what the patriarchy is and being like, wait, this is fucking great. And then everyone else likes it what? too. What I don't get is, and, and you know, this is, you know, we're we're gonna talk about style, but you know, this is kind of like a, a cars uh, universe kind of question here. How exactly do you institute patriarchy? I don't I don't get that because they say that the the that the Barbies have no natural well, because, defense because they never had it, but that also doesn't mean that they would be receptive to it. Yeah, like, well, again, because it's like, like I think they're the joke is that it's like in this society, since like the men are just kind of the useless accessories and the women do everything. They were just like, oh, man, I don't have to be a doctor anymore. I don't have to be a do all this shit. I could just, like, serve beer. That's the that's the joke. Oh, I mean, trad it's like, life stuff? Yeah, I guess. But it's it's also, I don't know, people taking the... But they, the, there was this, no pressure of being a doctor. That's the, that's the whole thing. I mean, of, I guess I think if, it's if just like a little goofy thing. Like, that. the whole thing, I think everything, like, operates on, like, just kid logic. Like, they don't necessarily understand how patriarchy is and, and sex... Patriarchy is uh, plural. Or sexism or anything like that works. It's just kind of like you hearing the words. And again, they say like, the why, movie. Why would they listen horse. to a Ken? That's that's my whole thing. Like, why would? Well, why again, would the they other thing is it, it seems like at a certain point everyone is just kind of over it already. Because like that's straight. Like when the Kens lose, there's like you know what? We we thought this was more about horses, and it, when we found <laughs> out it wasn't, it kind of lost all the magic. Like I I like this movie. I thought it. I think people taking the gender politics of barbie really seriously is like dumb i just i just think the concept is like uh, an inherently funny concept um but yeah so that's did we just kind of summarize the whole movie in that like yeah. little discussion yeah. i mean it. they discover yeah. sexism and then the the barbies rise up and learn that it's okay to be weird and normal barbie taught me it's okay to be weird yeah <laughs> yeah but you know what taught me to be weird what uh, Suicide Squad. That is right. Yeah, they should know, have had a Harley Quinn Robbie. Barbie. Yeah. They they should. I mean, they had kind of had a weird Barbie or whatever with uh, Kate McKinnon. How about a Joker uh, Barbie, or I guess maybe Joker, Joker Ken. Ken. Yeah, Ken did kind of go Joker mode in this. Yeah, I mean that's um, like like in, in the middle of the movie. <laughs> kind of, I did. Yeah. I think I, the, I thought it was funny. I saw someone just like when this movie first came out. Someone I follow on Twitter described this as just like. This is shockingly like the the most um, problematic entry into Ryan Gosling's like this is literally me like kind of <laughs> role, <laughs> you know, where all like the internet incels who like w- weirdly love Ryan Gosling, <laughs> this is the most problematic version of those characters. Well, it's really funny. I read I read like an article. I forgot where it was, but like how women are using this movie as like a litmus test, or it tends to function as one. And I can kind of see it because I do like there are some people. I mean, I don't follow, but like I I saw like some guys really like don't like this movie for some reason. It's like, again, like pretty dumb. I don't know. Yeah, it's like, not it's, that it's, big of a deal. 
Well, because like again, not to not to harp too much on uh, this isn't you know a fucking politics show, but of course there were like people like uh, Ben Shapiro who was like this movie's woke garbage. But now there's an argument because it's the biggest damn movie uh, out there. There's an I've I've seen a lot of right wingers be like, actually this movie's kind of anti woke, and that means it's good, which means we're winning that it makes money. That's so, that's so funny because I did I did see that right where it's yeah. all like. Like in like yeah the whole like the beginning of the movie too or something like that uh-huh. where it's about um you know like breaking like the dolls or whatever like Barbie helps I forgot what it was oh no I, it's I like the, really the people are saying it's like oh this movie's anti natalist or something they hate children it's like dude, like no oh yeah 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 <laughs> yeah it's just I it's, don't know it's it's yeah it's really weird I like that that Ben Shapiro you brought him up. He's not like this movie sucks, but he's also like someone pointed out he's kind of dressed up like a kid. Dressed? In the, no, literally. There's like he's yeah, wearing the a black, black t-shirt black, tucked yeah. into his jeans, and, and all, there's a scene where the, Ken is wearing that exact outfit. All the pictures that he posted are him like trying so hard not to like regular smile too. So it's like <laughs> he's doing the smug smile. He, yeah, but it, have you seen he's doing he's doing like fucking like Mr. Beast faced on on his YouTube <laughs> thumbnails now. Gotta gotta oh, cater God, to the uh, to the algo man. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, God, the internet was a mistake, maybe. <laughs> this, who made it? it? The Swedes? Who, who made the internet again? Or, or yeah, which, or, oh, and, yeah, that's and right. which university is responsible for the... Uh... <laughs> but let's, yeah, let's, talk, about, let's university. talk about Ken. So yeah. here's the thing. Uh, this movie, Ryan Gosling plays one of the Kens, Beach Ken, who is He's obsessed with stereotypical barbie who is played by margot uh-huh. robbie and i didn't know this there's a guy called stereotypical ken yeah oh really which one is stereotypical stereotypical ken he's like the kind of like larger white guy you okay. know who's kind of in a couple of scenes um yeah let me let me find the list of ken's real quick here list of uh, ken's did he because okay did he have any speaking because the only i just know there's simu liu ken yeah i don't know what his ken is Tor- he's pompadour Taurus ken, ken? It's Tourist Ken. Okay. Well, okay. So uh, the there guy is... who plays Gravik uh, is Basketball Ken. Scott uh-huh. Evans is Stereotypical Ken. Oh, uh, it's really okay. Uti uh, uh, Gatwa uh, plays Artist Ken. John Cena is Ken Maid. Nice. <laughs> Rob Brydon is Sugar Daddy Ken. Of course, you see that in that quick the quick scene. Uh huh. There's also Earring Magic Ken. This okay, screenrant.com uh, yeah, at least says that he is stereotypical Ken, but I don't know if that's true. Um, it says Scott Evans also, well, see, it also says Scott Evans is stereotypical Ken. Yeah, I'm so telling you, the more you look at it, the more questions you have about the universe. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, Ken yeah. Wood, old Ken. But yeah, he's his job is beach, and uh, as a result, there is a lot of fun, like pretty retro beachwear. I think this might this movie might have the most, uh, like cabana shirts or like yes, you know, like, yeah, bring that, that back I've, that I've seen in any recent release. Uh, the most cabana shirts and on on screen at once, outside of like maybe a fucking Elvis movie or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really like a lot of. I mean, in that scene where 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 Ken gets to, he tries to like surf a wave and he fucking dies fucks the crap up he, uh, he, yeah, he fucks dies. the wave yeah uh like yeah lots of matching sets right like the matching board shorts with a camp collar shirt and it looks like there's like a i mean based on what the photos that i have it looks like there's different types like i don't like 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 mm. the one by uh 
star. I'm like, Hootie, whatever the other guy, like in the background, his camp collar is a different shape than the one Simu Lu's wearing. So okay. I don't know if like they had that much attention to detail or like these are all kind of like vintage or they made them like different vintage patterns to make this kind of stuff. Well, because I don't I, know how but, much vintage stuff there was in the, like it seems like a lot of this stuff was made for the movie. Made. Yeah. And a lot of it, of course, is like based on a like a, actual. Like an actual. They like, did do that. They said clothing. that for the uh, for the. Like you can see the, the Allen uh, yeah. roller skating thing. Oh, the Allen one. The yeah, terry he has cloth. like that, that like terry cloth like the like rainbow terry or, cloth thing. Yeah. Yeah, the awning stripe one, and they did say that the uh, the roller skating outfits, even though it's they are not on... exactly like the same like pieces, like you know, I think they changed it around to make it look a little bit more retro or a little bit more weird. The, it's like um, they just take the pattern, but I look, I saw that too. They, it's yeah. like the '94 like hot skating Barbie or something. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, Ken Ken wears that in his first scene where he's like, you know, his unbuttoned shirt. He goes like, "Hi, Barbie," and she, you know, mm-hmm. and she's there. And then later on for the for the dance, um, the disco scene the dance party whatever he gets where, where, like, this, like ryan gosling is so fucking funny in that scene i mean he's like incredible this whole movie but yeah he, he does that face funny that face he makes. He's dancing. yeah it's oh, so man. good i i this is what this is one of those like times where like you know how like when a movie normally is released like the like after like a little bit after where they'll release like clips like regular clips mm-hmm. i know that these are meant to be like you gotta watch movies but like it's been it's been a month now. Can you just give me the damn like isolated scene of him dancing, yeah. please? I just, I've, I've I just seen want that, that clip on Twitter. I bet it's on YouTube or something like that. Um, but you know, hey, we're, we'll maybe we can rate that. Maybe this is a new thing that we can do in our movie episodes. Uh, do you, how likely is it that you are going to buy either of these movies? Um, like because I might buy both. <laughs> I'm definitely going to buy. I mean, uh, yeah. Oppenheimer I, I, I'm definitely going to want to watch that movie again and there's a lot of I mean I do this a lot with movies that I buy like I buy them because there's like individual scenes that I just want to watch over and over again um, and both these movies kind of had you're those, just describing like, what we all do all the time exa- every time I mean, we yeah. hang out we end up just watching clips of movies we just watch clips how many times clips. do we do that with 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 the Kingsman oh, post-credit man. scene which keeps coming back all the time man dude like, oh we'll my god yeah we need that. to we should have like okay they should have a prequel to Oppenheimer <laughs> Where it's the Kingsman movie, or maybe it's happening at the same time, and it's like, okay, well, so you saw the real Manhattan That's part project. of the edit, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the end of Kingsman. Uh, and then it'd be at the end of Kingsman, until, and then it leads into yeah. every other movie. So all the World War II movies, and then... And then at the very end, you get to watch the other Kingsman movies. <laughs> I'm telling you, double feature, uh, The Post and All the President's Men, right there. There you universe. go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for, anyway, for that dancing, Ken wears like a tracksuit, but like he's not—he's like tucked in the jacket, and like yeah. he has a belt on. It's got like this like it's like it's like white and gold with like a gold stripe down the side. I think that's really fun. Um, again, and it's it's the photo. Really... It's like him with the wine glass, right? Yeah, it's like the gold yeah. wine glass that's empty. Um, and then after that scene, like he sneaks aboard Barbie's car, and he wears like a Barbie logo, like. Also, like Harrington jacket or whatever, mm-hmm. um, he likes like uh, he sneaks aboard the car, and then you, where you get like the most Ken outfits, I guess, is during the montage scene where because you have to travel through montage to get from Barbie Land to the real world, and you get some yeah. cool stuff like they're they're wearing like pink striped Breton uh, Breton striped tees uh, when they're on like a boat. They were like not later hosen, but like like really short European shorts with like mm-hmm. boots and like knee high socks with a plaid shirt and a tight sweater. It's like a biking outfit, like yeah. In like Netherlands kind of you know tandem bike thing. 
And then uh, my favorite is when he gets to wear like the '60s camp outfit, where he's like oh, yeah. a, a pink button-up shirt like with a, a pink probably like a, maybe a chamois layer. or like a CPO yeah. or something. Yeah, with like with like uh, <clears throat> uh, white jeans and like I think I'm pretty sure I clocked him at wearing. Um, Are those like white, white either white bucks? penny loafers or, or white like, deck shoes or like something like that? Yeah, or maybe like yeah. you know white, just like yeah, like yeah, I don't know, who knows. Um, I will say Mark Robbie looks really great. I mean, I just love that fit because that's kind of like what Grace, not Grace Kelly, but whoever the hell the girl in um, North by Northwest wears when they oh, go yeah, to yeah. the uh, uh, the final scene in With the, the big wedges. Uh, the, yeah, the big wedges yeah. um, in the uh, Mount Rushmore Bandana. scene in, uh, yeah. in North by Northwest. Um, but yeah, but but of course uh, they go to the the main the, the the real world, and that's where you know they get. They're wearing roller skating because that's how they have to come out of the yeah. montage, and they both get hit on. They both, which I think is really funny. Mm. Uh, Margot Robbie gets hit on by like construction guys, and then like a couple of like uh, gay guys are like, like they like check out uh, the check out Ken, and it's kind of funny because yeah. Ken, it's not it's not played as like weird. Like Ken loves it because he's finally getting attention now. Well, because it, it also like they don't necessarily they they don't understand sexuality or that's true. They they, they like have desire no even yeah. like that, you know. Yeah, the, the, um, there's a really funny scene, right, where he's all like, you want to come to my house and do what? I honestly don't know. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> no, I just, I no, my favorite part is, it's like, well, it's like, why why would he do that? And he just goes, because we're boyfriend, girlfriend. And it's like, that is like, that's how kids talk. I don't know. Yeah, it's just really fucking funny. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so, they yeah, get they, to the they real do world. That. They, yeah, they, they get, That's they when get... they buy their first outfits, because he's got the crazy neon thing. We got the Western wear. It's still trending, baby. You know, people keep predicting the death of Western wear, and it's never going to happen. <laughs> um, but what do we think of this outfit, which is his first real-world outfit? And also, do you think yeah, the... you would be able to get this from a beachside store in, like, fucking Venice or whatever? <laughs> I don't... I don't know. I have First off, I haven't been to Venice, uh-huh. but I have been to Santa Monica... And other other beach. I don't know where. Yeah, I don't know who the hell's selling this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I will say this fit. You take off the hat. Kind of good. I mean, there's would you you would wear it minus the hat? I think you know. Keep the hat. <laughs> keep your, oh yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, just keep the. You're dressed the as a thing. cowboy, dude. Like that's my thing. It's like if you're wearing the fucking fringe shirt and the cowboy boots, you might as well have the hat. Like you know. Yeah. I mean, what what this movie is really all about, like, uh, someone called it the yassification. I think, I mean, one way to think about it is also, like, this is, like, very pro-camp. And I know we yeah. haven't really talked about camp. I know, like, our outfits aren't really about that. I know we talked about it briefly in our episode with Brett, which is a great episode. Uh, listen to that one. But I do think this is kind of fun to, like, like, because guys love this shit. Like, I know, guys, like, everyone mm-hmm. loves this Western wear thing. And it's, again, not the Edgy Albert thing, which I talked about in the, um, in the, uh, Asteroid City episode where I'm like I, I like that Asteroid City does Western wear in a way that's kind of quirky and fun. It's very mid century. It hasn't gotten yeah. completely Robert Redforded Red Redfordized yet, you know. Mm. And so I yeah I really like that we have this and I know guys. I mean I would I would wear I have like a black Western. I don't have black with white the fringe fringes, with the right fringe. But this and is the this embroidery. is really fun. I I really really like this look. I like that he's got the Western belt. Like it's not like a crazy belt buckle. It's just yeah. a normal black Western belt. Um, and he wears this when they, uh, when, when, when she, when Barbie goes to the school to connect with what she thinks is the kid that's playing with her in a wrong way. That's making her feel depressed. Um, but he, at this point, he somehow goes from <laughs> Venice beach to this, to this uh, public school back to like century city yeah. where there is like 
he goes into like this building, which I think I've been to because I think I had to drop off an Ascot Chang shirt for someone okay, who worked yeah. there. And then he and sees, did you see like, the the big billboard that has money or Ronald Reagan or whatever? On yeah, there. like Ronald Reagan American on there, dream. like a, and Bill Clinton and everything. That was uh, but the, the other. So really quick, that I thought that montage was so montage was so funny. But that's one of the reasons that there's a bunch of right wing guys who like love this movie is because it is basically like one of those like Sigma male edits that people make and put on Twitter. It's like it is. It is just. Um, I'm actually surprised that no one funny. said the word Sigma male in this. You know, I, I guess they didn't want to go too far with like the yeah. internet thing because they still have to redeem him at some point. Yeah. Like he's still supposed to be very silly. But I think you could have pulled a Sigma. It's male like yeah. This is this is like they. they are kind of doing like a jokey version like it's well it's not even it's it's funny to me that like this is very obviously like the whole montage and ken's whole idea of masculinity and what the patriarchy is or whatever is like so juvenile and dumb and just this like the like the stupidest idea like he thinks it's about horses and shit like that you know um but like the there's like people who you know constantly post photos of like 1950s coca-cola ads being like this is what we've lost and they have like unironic they have just an unironic like vision of masculinity in the same way that ken does in this movie Mm -hmm. so there's a bunch of people that saw that and didn't read it as a joke (laughs) and uh now they love ken yeah yeah i mean i I wonder if these guys love ken when he gets to don his like sylvester stallone outfit which is oh here we go Every time I talk about it, they say faux, faux mink. So it's just you know, very clear. No animals mm-hmm. were harmed in the making of this movie. Uh, but the faux mink, like, uh, cape that he wears with, uh, like, these, like, like, boxing pants with, like, boxing Well, I think it is. I, I'm pretty sure it, it is a coat. He's just wearing this. He's just wearing oh, it like I a see. cape. I do. Yeah, yeah. I see yeah. Because you can see it, it's, like, it, at least in the one where he's walking up and he's got the boxing shorts or whatever, it looks like he has his hands in his pockets the coat pockets and then you can yeah, see yeah. like on the shoulders in the dance sequence um it definitely looks like there's something oh there. yeah there's yeah and he gets he uh, gets like a fanny pack with the metallica font of his name on there <laughs> that's pretty which uh, is like yeah, i don't know this this movie does a lot of really good gags with really, clothes and stuff like yeah. that which is great um i i i ended up liking this a lot more than i thought i would of course um yeah, I mean, I I figured I was going to enjoy it, but I just remember there were a couple scenes that, like, were posted early that I wasn't a huge fan of, but overall I thought that was pretty good. Uh, the quick digression about my opinion, I guess. Um, yeah. But no, what, I, 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 I enjoyed it. But, yeah, what other... When, uh, when he's... When he, he does have, like, the... the, he the, 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 uh, the what do you call it? The necklace with the horse in the horseshoe kind of thing. <laughs> that's is pretty right. funny. Yeah, um, the the good luck charm he's got. He, yeah, during the fight sequence where all the Kens, because this is how they take down the patriarchy. They just make the Kens jealous of each other, um, which of course has that one. What's the song that they're playing? Like the fucking. Um, oh, Matchbox Twenty. The Matchbox Push Twenty. Push by Matchbox song? Twenty. That yeah, was so yeah. fucking like the zoom out of them on the yeah. beach and to it's all just of all them. of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was so fucking good. Like I don't know. Um... But yeah, that was uh, the, the, then the the Barbies make the Kens jealous because they pair off with different Kens, which is again kind of funny that they're all still getting paired off with a Barbie, but it's just not, you know, not the original, it's not, not their, their Barbie. one. Yeah, because um, men are so, meant to be poly polyamorous or something. I don't know. That's right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But anyway, uh, this is a pro poly uh, movie. Yeah, we, but the, his the fight ultimate outfit. pocket. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the fight outfit where he gets to wear like these his, sleeveless his biker cut. Vest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
And he gets, with, I, I apparently, with the, yeah, with a lightning uh, headband. Yeah, very, like, Karate Kid kind of thing right there. Yeah, yeah. And the, I like how all the other, all the other Kens, I don't know, like, they're they're doing war, but it's just, like, they're wearing sport outfits, but they're, they're hitting each other. They're wearing, like, tennis outfits, yeah. Yeah. Well, because like, they're all, like, hitting like, each other with, like, socks. racquetballs or whatever. It's also, like, 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 one guy's holding, like, I think it's the lacrosse, I think. Yeah, or lacrosse gear. Yeah. It looks like they all have some sort of sports gear. Except for, except for main Ken. Except for main um, Ken, he's just. But then, when they all realize this. that they are all on the same side and they love being Ken or whatever, they do have yeah. the uh, the dance the, sequence. The dance outfit. sequence, yeah, where it's like a parody of the um, singing in the rain scene, I guess, right or whatever. It reminded me of a bunch of like you know like big fifties. There's probably one that it's like directly related to. Were they doing like yeah. Bob Fosse style like jazz right. dancing? The, I can't remember. Yeah, the black, the black. No, I they they kind of do that. Yeah, it's like synchronized okay. while he he sings. But they yeah. wear a black T-shirt tucked into like black trousers or jeans with with a the, like, slim the... belt, which we'd love. Yeah, that's right. That's our thing, baby. And also uh, the thing I think loafers. is cool with and pink socks. Pink, pink socks. socks. Which, yes. That's a great. That this the, honestly, this is a pretty good combo. But I like the little detail. I like that he's wearing the belt like offset to the Off, center, like a skew. Which Ben Shapiro also did in his. Oh, photo. did he do? Yeah. I'm Again, do you sure think he he's that. doing this on purpose? <laughs> was he like? I don't like. What if he's and... like? I doubt it. But that would be so funny if this was like his second or third time seeing it. He's like, oh, I'm gonna do this Ken outfit. <laughs> oh no, okay. he did, he didn't do it askew, but he's okay. wearing like an he's wearing like an Anson belt kind of like where it's like one of those like 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 click belts, you know, like mm-hmm. a nylon belt. Uh, it's not good, uh, but but yeah, that's it's pretty. I I gotta wear my pink socks. I gotta get yeah. some pink socks. You know what I'm saying? I gotta get my, Pearl, my pink Pearl socks. Do they have asshole. them at? Oh Jesus! <laughs> no. Do they have them at uh, Uniqlo? Of course they, they do. do. I have some. MJ has okay. some. He wore it. Um, yeah. So some of the some points here about the costuming here. I like that Kim Coolmone, uh, head of design at, at, at Mattel, said that uh, basically that Ken is an accessory to Barbie's life. And they, yeah. obviously the filmmakers did leverage that. Um, like Spencer says, everything that, that, that the filmmakers knew that they were playing up like the very juvenile, you know, kid view that he has, of, like what masculinity and like man's fashion is. That's why it's very, you know, hilarious that he's wearing, you know, a bunch of, you know, 80s style stuff. Just some of the stuff that we, that we currently think is like super masculine or is, is like a very, you know, funny version of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like when he um kind of as an aside when he is walking around century city and you got like two guys walking and like yeah man like like high five like man you look great and he's like i want that you know i want this like bro energy yeah i think it's it's really fun um Um, i i I also like here um costume advisor mark avery says like it's about the feeling of being a kid and getting to wear whatever you want for the first time i think that that's really funny I mean, I was I was reading an interview with the costume designer, and she's it's like obviously there's a lot of things that are just taken directly from dolls, but something that I thought was cool is that she was just like, oh well, this is you know like Malibu Beach, you know Malibu Barbie, and so there's a lot of stuff in this that she said is just kind of riffs on like 50s and 60s like resort wear and stuff like that, and you I mean obviously you know you have we have some photos of uh, vintage Ken dolls that are all wearing a bunch of. Yeah, the cabana shirts or the matching beach sets and stuff like that. But there's this, there is a lot of just like kind of mid-century vibes to Barbie Land. Yeah, yeah, it, it's really it's really fun to see all of that kind of together and done in a movie, right? Especially mm-hmm. when it's not like a period drama or whatever. Um, yeah. I also do like some of the stuff here, like when some of the Ken stuff, where it's like 
the vintage the vintage can stuff where it's all like he's he's wearing a a uh, I forgot what they, what I need to see on this fucking thing. Oh, actually, here. hold on. I just discovered that there is vintage uh, stuff that he's wearing. Uh, his primary job being beach. Uh, Duran reveals colorful 80s uh, sportswear is the key Ken look, along with a few sketchy disco boiler suits and some hyper-masculine cowboy looks. Retro sportswear is one area where we did a lot of shopping for Ken, she says. He is sporty. That is his main thing. We had buyers in America that went to dealers and imported for us because we needed so much of it. So he is wearing some uh, vintage athletic wear in this movie. Love um, it. Yeah. What I what I want is what uh, the vintage Ken thing is called the Saturday date for a business appointment in town for Saturday night dress up date for oh, Barbie. Oh, is that the very Ivy Ken, look? Ken chooses a smart natural shoulder suit with a long sleeved white shirt, fashionable slim tie, and ivy stripes shoes and socks complete the outfit. And I could complete my outfit too, honestly. Yeah. Well, here's I, something I that's kind of fun. In the original yeah. sketch. For the uh, bar for for sorry Ken's uh, boat outfit during the montage, yeah. you know how like vintage like Benton stripe tees they have like a like it it doesn't the stripe doesn't go all the way up you know it's like the the it's like around the neck or whatever there's the, the yeah gap, yeah the, yeah the, they had that originally in the sketch but that did not translate to the actual uh, costume so you know darn come on guys. Yeah. Um, did you dress up to go watch Barbie, Spencer? Uh, I did my best. I don't really have that much that is like bright pink or something like that. I did wear, and the other thing that was limiting was this was when I was back in town for a couple days, and I was packing pretty light, um, so I didn't have many clothes with me. But what I did did end up wearing uh, is a shirt that I recently found again because it was in a one of my boxes of things that I mean to get rid of but haven't done yet. Um, it is, uh, a, like, color block bowling shirt, uh, and I am glad I found it, because I thought I had sold that thing already, and I regretted it, um, because, uh, it's a, it's a fun shirt. Um, I just don't wear it a whole lot, because it is very bold, um, but it's an LVC, uh, bowling shirt, um, like, like I said, it's color block, so it's got pink, it's got blue, bright red, a bunch of, like, just bright primary colors, which felt pretty Barbie. So I just wore that to uh, my one time seeing Barbie. I'm trying to think if I see it again, if I have anything that would be better for it. You know, I liked, I did like your outfit if you want to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what's really fun is that I watched the movie the day after my birthday party, which is crazy for MJ because he was gone, kind of. Yeah. Uh, I rallied back during the day. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So uh, our friends, uh, Epiphany and Christina, they both work in like production and they had a awesome brunch they they do set design or whatever and it's really showed i I put some photos in the um in the blog post there you know they did like a photo booth they had brunch stuff they had like you know pink mimosas and like like, strawberry lemonade and a lot a lot of crazy awesome stuff to get in the mood of it and it was really great to do and i wore well first off isabel wore she didn't have a lot of pink stuff but she did make a pair of hot pink shorts Oh, Literally like five days before that, these like high waisted pleated shorts. I really love it. I think you still probably wear it more than that. Uh, I, I wore. I I don't have a lot of pink. I had pink socks. I'm like, well, and I have like a pink spear point shirt. And I have a, I have a, I have some ties. I have pink in the back. I don't want to just do like a trad outfit with like a pink tie. Like I feel like I want to do something a little bit more fun. And obviously inspired, I guess prior to the movie, I you know, I didn't know about patriarchy and horses and western wear, but I did see you know the one where they come into Venice and he's wearing the black. Yeah. Like, okay, well, what if I just do a 
version of that. So I wore my pink plaid, like 60s Western shirt that I got from Western Gifts uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, and I wore that with a white suit and cowboy boots and my silver belly fedora. And again, like that was done because like, you know, it's like the best stuff I could do. And I feel like the pink with the white makes more sense to me wearing like a pink shirt with you know, like a navy suit. I feel like you lose some of that, like that vibrancy that comes with, with Barbie. And I did it, and I fucking loved it. I'm like, this is the fucking look, and everyone else loved it. Um, you know, the photo booth pictures were great. But apparently, according to TikTok, MJ's fit was better than mine, because according to the one comment, uh, MJ, what did you wear to go see Barbie? So I did the uh, white and pink striped rugby shirt uh, from J. Crew. Uh, t- uh, I was about to say white. I guess it, was, it wasn't white. They were just like light khaki pants and then i wore a no the shorts it's shorts. shorts sorry uh and then i tied my pink uh crew neck sweater around my neck over my shoulders and yeah pink socks and loafers uh i guess it cut ca- yeah he's got like a like a prep a prep look yeah. you know ivy prep summer prep um yeah it was good for for the heat the that sunday too yeah and it kind of echoes again the, the like the Swedish outfit when they're on the tandem bikes during the montage, yeah. but yeah, people loved it. Uh, you know, when we watched it in Burbank, so many people, all obviously all, all of Epiphany and Christina's friends dressed up for it. The entire, almost the entire theater was dressed up. When we walked out, there was a bunch of people walking in wearing stuff. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's really great. Uh, and you know, people that we follow, friends of ours, also dressed up for the movie. Um, like I know, um. A cute style wore a really great pink outfit uh you know he collects a lot of vintage ralph lauren a lot of ivy stuff and i think that was really fun to go see um and of course mutuals on tiktok also dressed up and i think i think it's fun again i haven't been you know it's like a it's a costume party that happens all over the united states or the world i guess and people can just have fun with it i think we haven't had that kind of you know why, why don't we this could cure a world for a world peace right <laughs> like I, I, barbie land figured it out yeah <laughs> Barbie figured okay. it out. So we, uh, why, why not? Hey, speaking of having a good time, yeah. let's talk about... Um, Poppy? N- n- yeah, nuclear war. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, so Oppenheimer, I I think I like it less the second time. But really? I think it's because I think it's... you know, I mean, I'm more so like I'm more critical of it. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm kind of watching it more with like, with like, a, like a fresh... Not fresh eyes because I watched it, but more like uh-huh. critical eyes. Oh, like you know, like you, you can notice like more of like the pacing thing, or like you want more out of a certain character or whatever. And I know that I think the New York Times had kind of like not a scathing review, but a very critical review of it. And while I don't, I'm not always swayed by other people's articles. I can kind of see the merits of it. But the movie, for those of you who haven't seen this movie that came out two months ago, is a biopic. It's about Oppenheimer. It is about how he. Made the atom well, bomb. It, it's kind of. It is a direct adaptation of the autobiography. Uh, American autobiography. Prometheus. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> biography. Uh, uh, American Prometheus. And so, um, I mean, the other thing that I think is, like, I don't know. I do understand some criticisms, but I also think you know, if you say it's like, oh, I wish we had gotten more of this character, this character's perspective, or something. Like the whole thing is it's all from Oppenheimer's perspective other than the black and white scenes, which are from, I don't Louis know, Strauss. Louis Strauss's person or no, I, I guess that's the, that's 
Now Strauss. That's Strauss, yeah. But anyway, I think Nolan said in interviews that that's just like the quote unquote like objective view. Um, but it also doesn't seem like it's the fully objective view because it doesn't that's seem what, like it's from Strauss. No, I I point think that view. that's yeah that that when people were talking about that, I'm like that's 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 not it, man. It, it doesn't yeah. come to me at all. It's just it's just literally Strauss and Oppenheimer. Like that's it. That's it. That's <clears> all yeah. you got. That's all you got to do. Uh, no, but, I, just I don't know. You know. Are they talking got... about like uh, like Florence Pugh's character? No, I think we're talking about Opp- Oppie himself. I feel like, okay. um, you know, we. I think it's it could be because of the Strauss thing, but you know, like the whole thing about him saying that Oppenheimer like played up his character and that he you know he owned the atom bomb and he blah, blah you know and, and did all this kind of stuff and yeah. you know the wishy washiness of it. I feel like we're told about his wishy washiness. I wish no, that we saw dude. It I feel like that's demonstrated literally every every scene. Someone is like, please Oppenheimer, take a stand on this, and he's like, oh, I don't know if I could do that. Like that's how about the scene where it's like, uh, um, fucking the guy is telling him it's like you got to stop messing around with these communists if you want to build the atomic bomb. And, like, fucking no hesitation. He's just like, okay, I'm done with politics forever. That's it. I'm done. Whatever. Um, there's I, the scene I, 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 where I, I someone... Mean it, I mean it more during during the the AEC scene. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we, we spend a lot of time in Los Alamos. And, we, yeah. and then after that, we go straight from that to him getting his security clearance revoked. And uh-huh. I, I want I want more scenes of him speaking out. Like, we have the one scene of him in the... Uh, in the you know where all the generals are like this guy sucks you know and then we get the other one about the isotope thing but that, that's well, it I want, well we do I want see, more post World War Two post World War Two Oppie I want more of that okay okay so you want more stuff at just him at the AEC because I think that they try to boil down everything from that I period that, into that one the, scene that is a fictional the dinner scene yeah where, where he's just like arguing against the building of the H bomb. Um, but I mean, I don't know. There's, uh, the, the, the scene that I was thinking about is like the whole movie, everyone's like, okay, you're the, the salesman of science. You're going to go in there and make sure that they're all using this thing responsible, respons- responsibly, uh, sorry, I'm out of water and my mouth is, uh, I'm a little parched right now, but, um, uh, like he gets in the room with the generals where they're picking the cities to bomb and he doesn't fucking say anything. He's just like sitting there. And it's like, that's, I think that is, that is the scene that is like indicting him. It's like, no, I, this I is guess, his yeah. chance to say something and he doesn't, or maybe he does say something and they're like, what oh, I, what I want to know too it. is, um, the first time I watched, it, I know that he says something about like when they're packing up the bomb, they say like, mm-hmm. he says something about if you didn't need it too high, it won't be as devastating. And yep. the first time I watched it, I thought he was saying you should detonate it high to prevent it. But the second time I watched it, I thought he then said you shouldn't detonate it too high because we want maximum devastation. And I, hmm. I you know, again, the movie is not out yet. I haven't seen it with subtitles. And this movie is very soft in dialogue sometimes. The music is mixed way too loud. It's in, in every scenes. scene too. <laughs> yeah. Again, bad score. I'm, I'm going to tell you that. But... But I, I, I mean, like, yeah, that that also could be to be a, bit, a great factor. That's I, that I did like that I caught it more this time around. Again, yeah, I don't know what like the other thing specifically said, but whatever. I think like this is something a view that the real Oppenheimer uh, had. But I think he also thought that. I mean, they also they say in the movie he's like, if we use this thing once and people see how scary and destructive it is, no one's ever gonna want to use it again. But he was like, that's a really fucking dumb thing to think, because everyone saw how scary and destructive it was, and then was like, oh, we got to make more of those so no one can use them on us, like you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, are we getting too I, I, much in the philosophy of Oppenheimer? Yeah. No, I was. I, I, do you want to say the last point too? They say that he's a salesman of science. I want more of that too, because I think we just. You I don't know the, what you, he does outside of him. You get being the, a, the 
the scene of him at the hearing where he's like, well, these isotopes are no more useful to building a bomb than a ham sandwich. And then (laughs) everyone cracks up and they keep cutting back to him just saying like, a ham sandwich. I like that scene. I think the real quote is like vitamins or something like that. He says vitamins, which is way less funny. Yeah, but. and then I like I like the two scenes of of like of uh, Strauss being like, oh yeah, he got me, and and then the real <laughs> or the real scene I guess in quotation marks where he's like, fuck you, you bitch. He's like, like fuming, re- listening yeah, to him I, make jokes about sandwiches. That's that's almost this might be the new scene of of uh, you know the social network of of him like reading the note saying like screw you, you know what yeah. I mean? Like I I want actually you know. I will say I was talking to a friend about this um, and, you know, we were saying like how like he's like this movie's like great. And I, I do think that Interstellar is probably the better, more Nolan, probably like, like a holistic movie that I, I really like. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you know, obviously the music is better than that. But you want a movie about being betrayed by your friends and being put on trial, even though it's not a real trial. You're going to watch The Social Network, baby. That's, <laughs> the, that's the movie. There you um, go. What but, if Oppenheimer uh, stole the idea for the atomic bomb from two twins? <laughs> yeah, from 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 Teller. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Teller had a twin, and then yeah. they were like, "Oppenheimer, we want us to. We heard you that you were great at building bombs." <laughs> yeah, um, but I I do think I I do want more of the salesman of science because like, I think we just get him as like he he's just I mean he is a genius so that you see that all you know he gets a, a bigger class maybe size over time. He's good at selling himself, you know. He's yeah. That he is gets, true. That is true. I because it's I guess like we get some of that. The scene where Groves comes to recruit him, he he like tells him it's like everyone told me not to hire you, <laughs> like they all said that you would be bad at this, and he's like, well, I'll, I'm here to tell you that I'd be great at it, and then uh, Groves you is bastard, like, okay, you're hired. <laughs> I like this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I saw aside, I saw that someone uh, said that uh, Oppenheimer's voice, uh, Killian Murphy's voice, sounds like Robin Robin Williams. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Oh yes, um, yeah. but but yeah, yeah. So like Spencer said, like this movie, we didn't really talk about the movie, but yeah, it's about. It's, well, I mean, everyone again. I'm assuming everyone knows it's following Robert Oppenheimer in the lead up to the you know Manhattan Project and building the bomb. But it's all told through the frame story of t- two hearings. It's Louis Strauss's confirmation hearing for what Secretary of Commerce or something like that. Yeah, and then uh, the fifties. F- hearing that took away uh, Oppenheimer's security clearance which we learn in the film was a setup by Strauss because he got so pissed off that he was freshly humiliated by that sandwich joke <laughs> and um, for souring Strauss uh, or oh, souring yeah. Albert Einstein on Strauss which I yeah. think is really funny Tom Conti's face and like just being so dejected. <laughs> Tom Conti was so great in this. Can we talk about the part where, where he comes out of nowhere? <laughs> yeah, he comes out like, a, like so where? Oppenheimer yeah, okay. gets so, dropped off in a taxi or wait, something. Op- no, Oppenheimer sees the a- so the a uh, during this the hearing it, he realizes. That oh he's yeah, he's talking to his lawyer or something. He's talking yeah. to the AEC's general counsel, mm-hmm. who is his friend, but who can't help because of conflict of interest. And then you have the, their mutual friend, the other, the, the nice little lawyer guy with a bow tie. Um, they both get into Lloyd the car Garrison, and leave. Lloyd Garrison, I think. Yeah, Lloyd Garrison. And as that car leaves, immediately you see Albert Einstein emerge from the shadows as if he yeah. was walking there the whole time to catch up with his old friend. <laughs> so uh, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't read the book. I want to read it, um, but it is like fucking like a thousand pages long or something. So, you know. 
Um, but I, I, I heard from someone who read the book that that's kind of how, like that scene is in the book and that's kind of how it's described. Like, I really, really, really want to read it, like, at least for that specific thing to see, you know, when they describe Einstein coming out of the shadows, <laughs> like he's Nick Fury. <laughs> yeah, I, I do like, I, you know, I think it is funny that he's, that he's it, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole thing is like, a, you know, like these scientists who basically and you know a lot a lot of these guys in Manhattan Project went on to do like they all they all won like Nobel Prizes for their own individual yeah. research these these are guys like, that we've heard about in in our science books in high school but like they're they're there in like their fucking like prime of their life they're all like they're all like 30 to like 50 years old you know like, and they're, they're all, all like, having regular. sex or at least our Oppenheimer yeah, he's the swaggy physicist ages, when he's uh, young before he builds the bomb that's like yeah, he's he's just having sex with everyone's yeah. wives, and he's going around, and it's like, he's he's cocky, he's like making jokes and stuff. Like, uh, I just love the swaggy scientist. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, he's look look at the guy, man. I mean, come yeah. on. He would like listen. He, I mean, obviously, Cillian Murphy's playing him. Cillian Murphy's not a bad looking man, but Robert Oppenheimer himself, also not a a bad looking dude. Uh, he's got. I don't know. Well, it's the real person, I guess. I mean, skinny guy in slouchy suit smoking cigs is a universally appealing thing. Yeah. You know, like, come on. And no offense to the other scientists. Other than Richard Feynman, oh, I think yeah, that Richard everyone Feynman. else... Uh, Feynman, yeah, I, I feel like everyone else is kind of a fucking... Do you want to hear something? So during the Manhattan Project... So I, I learned about Richard Feynman a little bit more. I, didn't, I had heard of him, you know... Uh, but I didn't too much know or know about his personal life during the Manhattan Project. Uh, so he he was pretty young. He married his high school sweetheart, who was like dying of leukemia, and then she died right before the Trinity test. Um, and like he left for a little bit to go like visit her. Um, and when he came back, everyone was like, "Yeah, he was like really dedicated after that. Like he just threw himself into it." And so. But yeah, just when you see him playing the bongos, just know that his wife died like two weeks ago. <laughs> I, yeah, Jack Quaid. I mean, this time when I watched it the second time, I noticed him more because this time I was paying attention to like names of characters. You yeah, because like, okay. I mean, it's like he, Richard Feynman. He's like what, like one of the most famous American scientists. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. They, they they name drop him a lot in uh, mm-hmm. Big Bang Theory. You know. Yeah. And he, then we he, got... he was like a hippie, like later on in life. You know, he was like a really like you know liberal guy. Yeah, because he was probably one of the younger sci- he he like he was one of the younger scientists over there, right? Like. Yeah. Again, I don't know yeah. for sure, but um, and he I don't know. there's I, I think I, I don't know if I have some pictures of him in there, but if you look him up like in the 30s and 40s, like he's he looks cool, like he looks like a young old. Yeah. He has he has a very contemporary face, is what I'm saying. Well, because I mean, they do say they do say that like you know what there were like 80 babies born the first year, and then like fucking 20 every week the last year or something, like, yeah, some insane number like that. So again, yeah. these people—they they were fucking. Ex- actually, maybe not Richard Feynman because he was loyal to his dying wife. But that's right. <laughs> all these other scientists—they were all drinking fucking like science alcohol, um, mixed with water and stuff like that, and doing crazy radioactive drugs or something. Yeah, I mean, there is that one scene right where the, the female scientist is like, "We don't, we can't have you do it. We don't know what it's going to do to your womb." It's like, "Well, you guys are more exposed than I am. You guys yeah. are like." I think that that was kind of fun. Um, mm-hmm. 
but yeah, a lot of the movie goes into like, I mean, a lot of the, the early stuff for, for um, Oppenheimer is mainly done to show his ties to leftist or even communist uh, activity. You know, yeah. his brother is a part of the party. His 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 brothers, all his wife, friends Jackie, are that he can't all all his remember. friends' wives who he's sleeping with. They're all in the party too. Yeah, uh, I. Yeah, what do you he, think of the Baghdad Gita scene where he where he's like, <laughs> "Hey, read this while you fuck me," and he's like, "I am." Become and he dead. says it. Yeah, and he says it directly to her boobs. <laughs> is that is that in the book? Like, I wonder. Like, why did they I don't do it think, that way? I really doubt that's in the book. There's no way that part is in the book. I think. I don't know. It was, <laughs> I, I like I did read something an interview with Nolan where um, he was talking about how he read the book and he like it, the book talk like because I don't think Nolan he's not a very like sexy director right. There's never been like a sex scene in a Nolan movie that I can remember. Uh, maybe maybe uh, Inception. Oh, how about Dark Knight like, Rises? Like, do we do we see him oh, and Talia that's, Al Ghul? That's but right, that's like do. isn't that just like a fade to black type thing? I think it's. I think it shows them making out, like, and her, like, she's like wearing, like, like, there's like, it's her back, you know. Like, yeah. Like, like a po- but you never, you never get fucking scene. like penetration in in a, in a Nolan movie. Um, but I did think, do. I saw an interview. Uh, I was trying to find it, but I saw an interview where he's talking about like reading the book, and the, you know, like the real Robert Oppenheimer was a guy who liked to sleep with other people's wives and stuff like that. Um, he had he he was King, a lot dude. in the '30s and '40s. <laughs> Um, and so he, he talks about how there's like, he, he views like, he thought that like Robert Oppenheimer kind of had a weird, very like self-destructive or like, uh, relationship with self, with uh, sexuality. And so I wonder if that was like trying to connect, you know, the, the destruction that his sexual habits had on his personal life and then the destruction he caused with the atomic bomb. I don't know. But um, that is dude, a very I goofy fuck scene. The, I fuck, I, I fuck like the atomic bomb. I fuck like the atomic bomb. That's what he said to her, and she's like, "What's an atomic bomb?" And he's like, "Oh, j- just you wait." You should get that checked. <laughs> what? What is that? Yeah, it's like I'm gonna um, make, I'm gonna make one. Yeah, uh, but let's, yeah, let's I know we've, we've we've got a lot here, but let's talk about the clothing of Oppenheimer. Yeah, I will say again. This is I wrote this in the article too, but I don't want this to be like he's an, he's a style icon. But I do want to say that this movie was very inspiring to me because it just it's the thing in the most recent memory that it, it it's new that that kind of has a lot of period clothing and it's done really really well. Like I I normally get inspiration by like you know like oh okay I'll, I guess I'll look at my Esquire Man stuff or I'll I'll sit down and I'll look through my books that I've seen. I've, I've looked over countless times, but this is a new thing, right? This is like, this is like new, this is like new music coming out. I want to see people interpret this thing. And mm-hmm. I really loved it. I think it's, it's completely well done. I do think that when you compare it to actual period photos, you can kind of see the difference in like, you know, like the lapel shapes, for example, and like the shoulder pads. But they do but, a pretty um, good job of like, I mean, that's the one thing that I liked is um, you especially see it in the, the bleacher scene where the celebration after the bombing of uh, Hiroshima, uh, which is just really quick, maybe the best scene in the movie. Um, but I, I really, I thought they did really, really good like approximation of like mid forties, like wartime fashion, especially yeah. with like the color Jeans palette, and sport you know? shirts and like, li- yeah, like but light like, colors. Yeah, like all these like very kind of like, I don't know, saturated maybe <laughs> like these yeah, bright yeah. colors and stuff like that. Um, that to me, like, uh, that, like, really, I thought did a good job of replicating the look of those, like, color photographs that you see, 
um, from like wartime America and stuff like that. Um, yeah. You, you, you like I don't know. It doesn't. I think Nolan generally does pretty good with period costuming, right? I, as far All as you I have remember, is the prestige. The prest. I mean, I thought the pre- costumes in the Prestige were pretty good. Dunkirk, I guess. Uh, the, oh, there's some civilian outfits in Dunkirk. Yeah. Um, like the kid who gets his like falls and gets his head fucked up. Yeah, I do like that. Cillian Murphy is wearing his pants appropriately Killian. high. You know, we complain about Killian. Shut up. <laughs> it's fine. Um, but you know, we've talked about how there's a lot of actors in period pieces who they clearly like hike down their pants in between takes oh, and yeah. stuff like that because they're just not comfortable that photo with it. i have of rami malik he's clearly wearing his suspenders off like you can see it dangling underneath his, his jackets like he does not want to wear those if he wasn't on set yeah. yeah um but yeah he's i mean he's got that is a pretty 40s looking suit i doubt it's vintage it, it looks like it was made they say it's for made him. for him the i think you can tell by like the shoulder like the uh the uh the, the, the lapels, lapels the shoulders the lapels. yeah I think that the lapels are fine. I think that they'd be just have a They're, little bit of got a different an appropriate shape. Width. Yeah, he does wear Hollywood top trousers with a thinner mm-hmm. belt, um, which is cool. Um, but what I want to say is something that unfortunately we don't have a lot of photos of or at all is that you know he does they, they do show it like a a you know a, I guess a narrative through like when he's in the twenties where he's wearing um, a he wears a gray yoke belt back suit with a sweater vest club oh, collar right. shirt and knit tie yeah. when he's supposed to be in england or wherever cambridge Europe, or whatever, whatever oxford you know uh where he's wearing that um and he's going also when he, he were the thing is he wears that outfit only so like when he goes to like see um uh not only niels Bohr, but when he goes to see heisenberg it's the same exact outfit so i mm-hmm. you know whatever he, technically he should be wearing something else um but but yeah, he wears he wears that a lot. And then when he starts teaching at Berkeley or Caltech, they never say exactly when he like when he's well, in Pasadena. All those, all those were when shot at Berkeley. Um, okay, so and it's up. also funny because there's another scene where they go to what they say is some other university, but that's the stadium at Berkeley too. That's like uh, oh, yeah, he's supposed to be at Chicago at the Met Lab or whatever. Yeah, but it's like they're just at Berkeley again. <laughs> yeah, but in those scenes before the war, he wears a three-piece mm-hmm. peak lapel suit. Um, at least in a couple of scenes before transitioning to a a single or a notch lapel suit, and I'm like, yeah. damn, they're really going like 30s. Like, I, again, I don't that's, have photos yeah, that's of how it they yet. Show the difference he, between the 30s and the the 40s. Yeah, yeah, and then once he starts working for that at, at Manhattan Project, he wears single-breasted uh, uh, notch lapel, and then he he sheds the the waistcoat in favor of just you know having the shirt and tie and everything like that. Uh-huh. Hat. Um, but one he's thing, a, he, well, what were you going to say? I was going to say, like, uh, I was uh, going to say that the costumers say that his silhouette didn't change. It does. And you can they, they clearly did it. But I think they're maybe just referring to, like, overall, like, it's just a very baggy look. Yeah. Um, well, because it's like also, do, like, fucking, you they, see how skinny yeah. Killian Murphy he is. is. Yeah. I said it right. It's like he is. He, skinny it's legend. It's very easy to imagine what he'd look like as a skeleton um, <laughs> in the scene where he takes off all of his clothes. Of course. But it's like, I feel like it would be you, it would be hard not to have something fit a little bit like his suits, you know, how baggy and boxy everything and is. I, I like that he puts his hands on his waist a little bit to kind of, like, it just, there's there's some menswear poses that he definitely does throughout the film yeah. that I'm like, hell yeah, brother. You got mm-hmm. it. Um, what is really funny, though, is that in the Cosmos call out as such, he does have his superhero suit up scene. So when they first start building Which the Malamos, is, oh, yeah. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> that was so cheesy. But he's like, he when he's digging Isidore, played by Jason. Uh, I, something, yeah, David Krumholtz. Yeah. David Krumholtz, yeah. So 
he's wearing like a military uniform and he's like what the fuck are you wearing dude and he's like well if, well we're, we're in the military we're in the armed forces now he's like just wear your like just be who you are and then it mm-hmm. literally cuts to him going like okay here's the suit here's the western belt here's the pipe and here's the fucking fedora baby and it's all laid out in front of him like yeah, yeah. it's like the fucking batarang <laughs> and his belt or whatever it's just yeah like... the cowl like going on uh-huh. you know? And he and, does take so long to put on that hat, and that's something that I was like, this is kind of cheesy, because again, if you're a person, like, if you were in 1943 or whatever, and you were a guy, like most men who wore a hat every day, you don't take 40 seconds to put on your hat, and then, like, Also, in, in the photos of actual Oppenheimer, that hat is like, <clears throat> it's like Indiana Jones' hat, it's like fucking fucked up, dude, he just wore that, that shit. I mean, there you kind of see that in the movie. There's a scene where he's wearing it in the rain, and it does look just, like, really floppy. Like, the brim loses all its shape and stuff like uh, that. Yeah, and I think when they actually drop the bomb, too, like, it's, like, windy. So it's, like, it's kind of, like, it shows how light it is. It's kind of, like, moving. Yeah, thing. and so, do, I mean, did you already pull up the article about the, the hat specifically? I can Well, I found the, the Facebook group, or the Facebook post where they're talking about it. Oh, okay. Um, so this is done by the Manhattan Project National Historical Park. Uh, and they're talking about how people think it's a pork pie hat. And I think this is so funny because well, we always, on, people mean... always bring this up. People always say that whenever, and I, like someone even told me that my boater was a pork pie hat. I'm like, no, <laughs> a pork pie hat has a, has a, yeah, a, a telescope brim, uh, a crown, but it's also the character where the brim is not as, is not wider than it is tall. And Oppenheimer's well, hat is clearly not that. Here's how they describe it. The costume designer says that the uh, Oppenheimer only wears one hat throughout the entire film, which he described as a hybrid of a pork pie crown with a somewhat Western brim. That's what she said. It's just um, a fedora with a with a telescope brim. Like Cody yes, makes this it shit is. all the time. <laughs> like that's just yeah. That and that's the other funny thing. She talks about how she went to every hat maker, and she's like, no one could, no one could get it with the right fabric and stuff. Like she was saying that all the like felt was like too thin. So I'm guessing that everyone was just like using wool, wool felt. felt. Yeah. It's like yeah. yeah, just go to a fucking place like Cody or like like any of the other dozen like hat makers that we know that uh, that go for the vintage crowd who get the nice fucking fur felt from <laughs> they like, went to Europe. Gorin bros or whatever like oh what Gorin yeah. bros couldn't couldn't help us here fuck off dude. but it is you know they they went to they went, just went to a hollywood hat shop um which let me see if they mentioned the name uh, uh they, i forgot what it was it's like i don't know boss hats but anyway something. i'll send this photo really quick in our discord chat um that is a, a photo of the hat in its box oh, baron you can, baron hats baron Baron Hats, there you go. Or is it Baron Von Hat? Um, if if the if the costume is listening to this, just use Cody. Cody Cody will get it right, baby. Cody's the best. Yeah. Or Joyride. Gotta shout out the boys of Joyride. Garahan. Yeah. Hats. There you go. Um, I do like. I mean, so yeah. What do we think of this hat? I don't know. It. I. It. I just. Uh, what do we? He was probably just wearing a Stetson, right? He had to have just been wearing some sort of Stetson. Yeah. Or he and or he he like like molded it to be like that or something yeah. i don't know it looks very again like, like it's, Indiana Jones it's, it's probably had that yeah he had for like a long time um but yeah yeah i mean he's it's funny because yeah when you look at the photos of him like it's not even like it doesn't even be it's not even shaped like the way killian's wearing it like it just seems like it's so it's so like it's like down on all sides almost sometimes yeah you know? um and again you see that in some scenes but yeah not all, not always the suit he's wearing is a whipcord uh, that is noted in this article, and you can tell it's it's good. I, that is that works yeah. for like a nineteen forties, at least for drape and everything. I like that they yeah, kept the fly long. Mm-hmm. Good, good um, pleats. 
but I yeah, do he like, basically I just, wears I like this how, for like, the film. I like how somber his looks are. Like, he always just wears, like, the, you know, the tan, like, ga- or brown, like, gabardine, you know, whipcord suit. He has, like, a blue spear point, which, uh, later, does he switch to a button-down collar? I can't remember what he wears. No, I, I, I don't suit. think at all. You know, he, he wears spear points, or at least a point collar the whole time. Yeah, and then we get um, he's he's got just like his point collars with like you know what looks to be like wool military ties and stuff like that, and which makes sense, uh, especially in the uh, Manhattan Project scenes. Um, yeah, I mean even and, in the then, in the photos I have of him, like he's wearing like solid ties. He, he wears a lot of solids. Yeah, yeah. There's no there's no Esquire man of like striped spear point with check jacket and everything mm-hmm. else. You know, he it's pretty straightforward which again I, I like and i guess it kind of works out for the film because you know you don't really you don't normally have a main character dressed too flashy in that way unless you're like mordecai <laughs> played by and who isn't johnny mordecai? depp yeah yeah uh i uh, like that again especially you mentioned his the rain fit where he comes across the meeting of the people he's dressed like, like a cowboy bomb. yeah yeah he's he, he also yeah he wears like a like um like a wax cotton trench coat or whatever, but like buttoned all the way to the top. There's a little bit of a fur lining there. Uh, and he, he is a man coming from means. He has an insult. Where he's all like, Oh, I know what it's like to come from means. My father was one. <laughs> like, which, fuck is, you. which is a pretty funny, that's a pretty <laughs> funny joke. Yeah. But he does, um, you know, he does uh, have like his own writing outfits that you see a couple of times. He wears like a, mm-hmm. a Navy blue, uh, short jacket, which I think I sold to MJ. Um, <laughs> and the, because um, well, he, he loves the, um, yeah, he loves the Southwest. That's one of the things he 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 says. Oppenheimer or D'Angelo Vickers, <laughs> the Ooh. guy who loves the American Southwest. <laughs> That's true. We kind of got a D'Angelo Vickers on our hands. Yeah, wearing a turquoise belt. I think they both wear that. Yeah. Uh, oh, you thing. gotta post. You gotta post a photo of <laughs> both of their oh, outfits. D'Angelo, yeah, next to each other. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Oppenheimer kind of just mainly wears that. Uh, just you know, just very somber stuff. Uh, but what's really inspiring to me is the rest of the scientists. I know the, the oh, yeah, yeah. says that they they put a bunch of stuff together and they put they, you know they kind of like laid it all out there. But the actors also like kind of pick stuff that they that they would like for their character. Obviously, some characters get glasses uh, over some other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know they 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 wanted each scientist to have their own look, even though yeah. that it's pretty obvious that the scientists dress pretty drab in real life. Like they're just wearing suits, you know. But some characters. Um, you know, like Lawrence, the I, I guess I couldn't tell if he's conservative. I guess because he's really he's anti-union. Just, he's least... just like I don't think he's necessarily conservative. He's just like a put your nose down and yeah, like, kind of job. Don't like you know, yeah. don't fucking shake the boat kind of guy. Yeah, but he gets to wear a collar bar with a brocade tie a couple of times in a three-piece. Yeah. Um, oh, I've seen it get... really quick. I have seen the the people like people describe him as like he's he's like like you know Oppenheimer is all theory and all in his head and stuff like that. And Lawrence is the practical guy. He's like he's, he is testing know. it. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but he does get to wear the hexagonal hexagonal uh, glasses, which are really cool for the period. Um, and a lot of the scientists, like you know, even though they wear suits or jackets a couple of times, a lot of them just wear the the shirts, so you can kind of see like their high waisted pants. Some of them wear the suspenders or thin belts, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, even though some of them might be wearing vintage jackets, um, they also are wearing a lot of point collars or spear point collars, but the, the ties at least are very vintage. Yeah. I am curious if all the ties are actually from the forties because, uh, Teller's tie in one scene where he's talking about the bigger bomb or whatever. <laughs> uh, he is wearing a very slim block stripe tie, which looks to me maybe like late fifties or early sixties. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, it's you know a lot of guys are wearing like striped ties, brocades, foulards. Some of them very short, uh, yeah. uh, you know, which again is, is also very period as well. Um, and yeah, I really like it a lot. I mean, some of them were you know beige shirts, which I've been collecting from thrift stores a lot lately for for Fraser Core, which we talked about a couple episodes ago. But mm-hmm. I also hold them more like Dobby striped shirts in in very pale muted colors, which I also started collecting again because I want I really want to get on this. Um, and again, I like this because you know they're intellectual, well, not intellectuals, they're they're scientists. You know, IV connotations are there, but 30s IV, so less button-down collar shirts, more yeah. screw points, which I, of course, really like, and I feel like I've neglected that for myself a lot lately because I have a lot of OCBDs or whatever, and I want more point collar shirts in OCD. various colors. You got um, some cool, like, short jackets and stuff like that. Yeah, um, some Spencer stuff right there. Yeah, there you go. Like, especially in some of the testing scenes when they're out, like, you know, fucking in the bomb sites and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, None of them look vintage. All the collars seem a little bit off, but you know, hey, I'm not gonna yell. Matthew Modine's character, Vannevar Bush, uh, wears a vintage one. That's the one you can see, like it's made of gabardine, and you can can tell, like the shoulder pads are like in that jacket. It It looks yeah. The the teller one didn't look as vintage, but uh, you know, I could be wrong. I guess. yeah, I do like how disgusting they make Teller. <laughs> they kind of make him look like a sweaty slob the whole time. Yeah, um, you, you get some sci- yeah, some scientists doing another very Spencer thing. There's a photo of one of the scientists wearing like a chambray shirt with like a silk brocade tie. Yeah, that's that's Lawrence. Um, yeah. Oh, that's Lawrence. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, that's very um, but yeah, Spencer. A lot of, but yeah, a lot of uh, very somber, muted looks from the scientists in general. Um, yeah, but still fun because you still you can compare them to the government officials later, which again is maybe like a decade after that. But they're you know the, the government officials are a bit more like proto Ivy League kind of stuff. I know, was gonna say Mad Men esque. If you just showed me a photo of like Jason Clark or whatever, like uh, like of him and the the people behind him, uh, and even like often it's like and say it's like guess what year this takes place just based on costumes alone, I would probably have said sometime in the sixties. Like, that did not seem like 1953 or 1954 or whatever. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I understand, like, again, it's, I, I'm trying to divorce just, like, period costuming nerd from, like, the filmmaking, you know, costume design. Because what they're probably trying to do is, like, these are all, yeah, like you said. Distinct like the, eras later on. In the but it's like, well, no, like you were saying, it's like, these are all the very, like, they're, they're government oh, men. Yeah. They're all, like, very, you know, like, plain and, like, serious and stuff like that. It would be kind of weird if they were all in, like, bold look shit, I guess, but, you know. Yeah, I was, was trying to figure out, like, what, you know, what eras, because, you know, uh, uh, Christopher Nolan doesn't put time or doesn't have, like, a, a date for any of this stuff. You kind of just figure it out by, like, mm-hmm. you know, how old someone looks or, or whatever. And also just knowing real history, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, Strauss has some fun looks, though. I mean, not, yeah, it's not fun, he's... but like rich guy looks, I guess, or whatever. Yeah, because he's he's the most. I, I read an interview with the costume designer where they were like, yeah, he's supposed to be the most like put together guy. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and so that's what that's what he's got on. Yeah, uh, he wears when you first when he first meets Oppenheimer, he wears like a shadow stripe gray suit, um, with like a a, you know, abstract tie. I guess I think it's like paisleys or whatever. Yeah. Uh, in the behind the scene or the, or the production photo of it, he's wearing some crazy boots. I don't know what the why the oh, hell he's really? wearing those. Is it yes. like a thing to make him taller? Maybe, but just look if you scroll to the top of the Instagram album, you'll see. I'm trying. Yeah, I'm, I'm scrolling. It's really, up. it's really weird. Do you I remember? 
do you remember before this, before most of the set photos came out, there was a Photoshop. Uh, oh, I see those. Those are fucking ugly boots. Jesus. Yeah, they're like two-tone. What the hell? Maybe, you, maybe you that's, ever see maybe that, maybe that's no you don't but maybe that's like a the robert downey jr thing that he's like i, I was gotta gonna say it. that could just be his shoes but um you know they're shooting in black and white i guess you wouldn't notice but um did you, do you remember there was a photo and it's this photo someone photoshopped him to be really fat and they were like this is what robert downey jr looks like in oppenheimer and for like a week or two people like believe like that would people just believe that which I is did not see that at all I don't i'll know have to is. try to i'll find fat oppen or sorry not fat oppenheimer <laughs> fat strauss i'll find fat, fat strauss. strauss there should yeah. be a fat oppenheimer there's a skinny superman why isn't there a fat oppenheimer um uh, you also you also get strauss wearing some black tie he wears like a homburg and like a like a wing collar when, when they're i saw someone point bomb. out yeah. So I saw someone, I think on the Oppenheimer subreddit or something, go, it's like, okay, so this dinner sequence or this, this dinner scene is set in like February. Why is he wearing an ivory dinner jacket? And I would, wait, he's not though. No, I think they were talking. Yeah, it's not that scene, but there's there's another scene where it's his son's, it's Strauss's son's wedding. And the guy's like, oh, I want, that's right. I want you to meet, like, I want, he wants to meet the guy who made the bomb. And then Oppenheimer, yeah, like, yeah. rushes him off. And he does wear a, a DB jacket. He wears dinner an ivory dinner jacket in that one. But, but we don't know when that's taking place, so. There you go. I also, just, it's I acceptable think it to funny. wear it whenever you want. I mean, maybe back then, maybe you could make the argument. I just, that, like, I just thought were, it was funny yeah. to. I just thought it was funny seeing that post on the Oppenheimer subreddit because most Reddit guys, I feel like, would not notice that or think about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was kind of funny. But yeah, we get we get two black tie scenes again. There's one where this is right after the Soviets test their first atomic bomb. Just right? fired a starting gun. <laughs> Yeah, and he's like Oppenheimer. I got the notes right here. Or yeah, yeah. These um, like it just, it's like little little like lines. Like, oh look, there's radioactive activity over here, or whatever. Yeah, and so they're like, oh shit, like because, I mean, you, there's a scene, a great scene with evil Truman, um, where oh yeah, okay, psycho yeah, psycho I... Truman. Do we want to talk about psycho <laughs> Truman? That's, really that's quick? the best thing. Okay, so first off, I like that they gave him a bow tie because uh, Truman did wear bow ties a lot. Yeah. that's like his thing. He, he uh, you know, he was buried under fucking pounds of makeup, but they did a decent job of making. Yeah, him I was gonna say, like, like, like Truman, I mean, he, I guess. like, tr- like, like Truman looks in real hair. life younger than than than, than Gary Oldman. Oldman. He looks, yeah, he like Oldman looks like He's, a zombie. Makes him look like a zombie Truman a little bit. He does. Right? He looks so scary in this movie. There is, a, I do have a photo of him in the uh, in the in the notes in the in the album somewhere. Yeah, I, I I like you know it's just so good. He's also there with the Secretary of War, or whatever the other guy's name is. I don't know what the fuck that guy is, but mm-hmm. the whole like, so Los Alamos, what should we do with it? And it's like give it back to the give it back to the Indians. And he like he frowns like he's so disappointed, and, then, and, and he like, like leans back. You he's know, like, oh, he's like wrong answer. <laughs> you yeah. know. And it's just immediate, and then he's like, "I killed those people, and I'll do it again." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like, you know, it's like Southern Inquisitor, dude. It's like, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, get that crybaby out of here. <laughs> yeah. And again, this was like based on a real, like, like a thing that happened where, like, Oppenheimer went in there and had a fucking mental breakdown. Um, and then he, like, like, yeah, I think it was a very similar exchange. Uh, where he yeah. said, it's like, they don't care about you, they care about me, and then it was like, get that, I think he said, he he called him, like, a sanctimonious crybaby or something. Hell yeah, sanctimonious bastard. 
Yeah. Uh, no, I I do like it because like you know the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, like is it like a like you're kind of not humanizing him, but like, kind of giving like like he's also carrying this whole thing and like you know like don't it's not always about you. But the next time, the the second one I found a little bit more like vindictive, like fuck you, bitch, I'm the one who. Well, because also this shit. like you think about just the historical context of like his presidency. Like what he he took office he, like he fucking, had no like, idea about it too. Yeah, right? he didn't. No one told him about the Manhattan Project because they didn't trust him. Um, <laughs> and so I think part of the like it was it. I think this is it's kind of like posturing of him being like, well, no, you know, I'm the one that did this. This is like actually me, even though he didn't really have anything to do with it. Yeah. Um, when when did when did he when did the uh, uh, FDR Roosevelt die? No, he died in forty five. Um. FDR. Let me just find out what exactly. You think Potsdam was the first time you ever heard about anything? <laughs> Imagine like it was. It was like right. I mean, it was like pretty shortly before. Yeah. Uh, so he died in, on April twelfth, nineteen forty-five, and the bombs were dropping uh, in August, right? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Um, That's wild. Have you seen photos of Franklin Roosevelt from like forty-four and like forty-five? Because Where you can see he, how decrepit he's become. He looks dead already. Like it's like I it's like there are just like flies buzzing around in his skull. <laughs> like um but there you go. Anyway, so yeah, there's a fun scene with Truman. Um yeah. I I to go back to Strauss really quick, I do like his cream tie fit with the, you know, mm-hmm. with the with the with the dark suit and everything. Um, yeah. before I get to my one of my favorite costuming stuff, I want to say Alden Einrich, whatever his fucking name, Han Solo. Oh yeah, yeah. He wears. Alden it's Solo? supposed to be like 1955, 56. When was the, when's his confirmation hearing? Like 58 hearing? or something. 58. It's like a, but he's wearing like a wait, 40s no, no, it's, suit. It, yeah. He, like, it, like the lapels look super 40s, and like maybe he's young, so he's wearing like his dad's suit. I don't know what the fuck they. But like, he'd be wearing like a bold suit. He he'd be a young guy. He'd be wearing a bold look suit. Yeah. And I, mean, I wish again, there was a photo of him, but that, that he like you know that's one of the things where. Well, it's this is a made up character. This is like this is the audience yeah. surrogate. What I what I thought was funny is that, you know, like he's he's not a staffer for like he's just a congressional guy, but he's like so like, you got yours, bad guy. Like like does does this guy really care that much? Like does, would he really like he, not like he well that you much? know he the, he he was he came into Washington an idealist and he believed that everyone was there to do the will the people or something. And then when Strauss was like, actually, I just hated this guy, so I had him kicked out. He's like, wait, you're telling me that politicians do bad things? <laughs> and then now, like, just, they're like, yeah, we got, we got yours, baby. He got yours, baby. Yeah, I do love the fucking. That is such a villain reveal when they like put, zoom out of the scene that we've already like that they showed us before, and then like Strauss is just sitting on the couch like scheming. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, yeah. What does he say? Like, like, like. Like amateurs uh, played up, but real power hides in the shadows. It's like okay. yeah, because it's like cause so. Again, if you haven't seen the movie, uh, Oppenheimer's fall comes because uh, a scientist that he worked. Who is the this guy's relationship to Oppenheimer? He's uh, just I mean, a crazy Gordon? like anti-communist. Yeah, did he ever? Did he work on the Manhattan Project? I can't remember. No, he was because no, he was a soldier. Spas. Oh, oh, you, oh, you're talking about Dane DeHaan's character. Dane, no, no, well, not Dane DeHaan. The other um, guy, I'm the guy who wrote the, the letter. Yeah, the letter. Yeah, no, that guy was just someone that Strauss. He was hired, or not hired, but like gave the file to. So like it was like yeah, but okay. I think he worked he, for the FBI, cause... so it was supposed to imply that the FBI was already oh, that's looking right. at him or whatever or something. Well, no, 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 because the whole thing is he didn't have the clearance to read any of those records, which is what they were. With, with, so that's again, that's the thing. He's this crazy anti-communist. Um, 
yeah. and they were like, this is going to be the guy that, that we're going to, you know, give the files to. He's going to write a letter and that's going to like, all that's going to do is going to like make us like, that's going to prompt Force us, us to, to do this to, investigation. Yeah. yeah. Because you know, it's, we have to do our due diligence and then we can just, you know, fucking feed them to the dogs and stuff like that. And so, um, yeah, there's, there's a scene where we see Dane DeHaan, who, glad to see him back, the Green Goblin himself. Um, <laughs> but yeah. he's, he's back, and uh, he's, he's the creepiest, like, military aide, whatever, um, to, to Matt Damon. Uh, and then, uh, th- yeah, we see a scene earlier in the movie where he, he gives uh, this, the, the one guy, the, the, his, the Oppenheimer's clearance, or, sorry, his, uh, his, his files, um, and then we're shown it again later, but this <laughs> time the it, camera pulls back and, and Robert Downey Jr. is on the couch being like, yeah, that's my plan. Yeah. Um, it's great. Do we have to talk about just a couple stray God, love, char- like military well, characters? I love that, that, what's it called, uh, that Nolan always has his, like, villain reveals, like, like, human or whatever. Yeah, gotta love human. And we had hey, Matt Damon was pretty good at this one, too. Yeah, 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 playing a good guy this time. Yeah, the the best guy ever, the U.S. military. Um, um, but, but the best, the best, the best <clears throat> outfit is worn by none other than Albert Einstein, who gets to wear oh, that man. fun like knit cap, like like he's wearing it, like, kind of like a beret, like it's it's not like a skull cap, it's just kind of like a like a little knit hat that he's wearing, wearing yeah. that with like a crew neck sweater and overcoat or whatever. I'm like fuck yeah, dude, this is this guy and rocks. He's like, are you are going to destroy the world? You know that your math is not as good as mine, or no, no yeah. my math is just as good as yours, or whatever. Uh, uh-huh. Then his like black fedora. You guys fedora. never liked me. Yeah, you know, like just know when they get when they give you a reward, it's for it's, it's for, for them. them, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, because it's like, what, is he is he saying? Yeah, so yeah. Tell me what you thought, because that... I was confused about what the hell this meant. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. So I, I, th- I took it as two different things. It could be either th- giving the award to like apologize for it's like, hey, sorry, we called you a useless old man or whatever, because that's what happens with Oppenheimer later. He gets the award, which is basically the U.S. government apologizing for t- taking away security clearance. But is or is it also just like you're giving them an award because you're like we've surpassed you now we're. You know, the, your time is up. Now it's now it's our time, and so we're giving you this award. But by doing like, so, like a lifetime achievement award, is like you're yeah. It's like now. we're we're passing the torch from you to I, us. I think basically. it was I, it was for me. It was a little bit of that, and it was kind of like your your work here is done, sort of thing. Like you yeah. you're, you you did what we had you on here for, and then now it's like mm-hmm. you're we're, we're retiring you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not like like in uh like in the deep where they give her like a lifetime achievement award, but she's like I'm yeah. not done yet or whatever. There's there's a couple I know that's been a plot point in a there's like some showbiz show where that happens where they give someone a lifetime achievement award. Did that happen in Mad like, Men too or something? Maybe I don't know. There's a lot of awards in Mad Men. We'll when we do our Mad Men episode, we'll figure. Oh yeah, it out. I gotta we gotta rewatch that. You gotta rewatch that. It's such a um, good show, man. It's, but yeah, well, I don't know how you're gonna rewatch it because they just took it off uh, Amazon. Damn. Well, no more. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I own I, it. Yeah, but overall, I think the costuming is done is done really well. I think yeah. it's it's again oh, we, very wait, really quick. Oh yeah. Do you want to talk about um, who, who's who's the evil guy? Uh oh, uh, Affleck, Casey Affleck. Oh yeah. Oh, As yeah. what's his bash? 
Pash. That guy, he's so fucking scary in that scene, man. I didn't he know is... he was in it. That's the thing. I have like no idea. That was kind of a and fun it's like one. they kind of they hide him. Like you know, they, they have like they have the all fir- the shots like behind his head, and then like they reveal it or whatever. It's so, it, but it, the, how they set him up is it's like yeah, they have all these shots from behind, and then just a voiceover of like Matt Damon being like, "Oh shit, this is the scariest guy ever." <laughs> yeah, this guy's dad like hates communists, and his dad died, and he went there to fight. See, communists. So they were. I mean, you read. I read about the guy. It is pretty fucking crazy. Born in the United States, born in like San Francisco. Um, they moved to Russia in the 1910s. He had to fight against, like, to fight for, well, first to fight for the Russians during World War I. And then, yeah, during the Russian Civil War, they joined the White Army to fight the Bolsheviks and stuff like that. Um, And then he came back and just, you know, dedicated his life to being uh, an anti-communist here. Um, But, yeah, he's, like, the head of security for the Manhattan Project. And there's an incredible scene where Oppenheimer just completely fucks his life over like this is where he like fucked everything up is this one conversation which is like basically how they revoked his security clearance where uh he mentions to one of the guys it's like hey by the way you might want to look at this guy who may be okay, involved so the, in some espionage okay yeah. so the, no, the, whole, the whole thing is uh one of his one of the guys in chicago Mm-hmm. Uh, was one of the union guys in his old stuff, and now he's over there trying to unionize the lab there. And yeah. so to to prevent him from being removed from it, he's trying to say that oh, he's not really unionizing. It's this British guy because who who we also see who was also like one of the guys at the union thing for the FACT or whatever. And mm-hmm. then he also brings up he kind of pins it on that on this British guy who we never really know what happens to that guy, but we say that he. He brings up the the Chevalier incident where his friend Chevalier <laughs> yeah. in in Berkeley says like, oh, I can give like, hey, in, you know, since we're friends with the Russians, we can give them information if you just, you know, send it to me here. <laughs> so he tries yeah. to say it's, it wasn't it wasn't him. It, you know, trying to pin the story on someone else. But that just makes everyone think if you can't even tell us who that is, we're going to think it's you who's doing this. Uh-huh. And so that's what that's what happens. And so, um yeah, he does fuck it up because he tries to make some fake story to save but his yeah, friend what is he, and then fucks what, himself up. Like, what does he tell Batch? Because, like, the entire time Casey Affleck is just, like, staring at him like a shark. And <laughs> it's, like, he can tell that he's, like, bullshitting his way through this whole story and stuff like that. Yeah, um, I, I think it's what just, he's yeah, like, it's it just... was actually three guys or something. <laughs> yeah, <you know>? something <laughs> dumb like that. But that, that's, uh-huh. that's a really good scene. I really like that. Like, you know, just yeah. Casey Affleck. Uh, alleged abuser <laughs> yeah and uh, a scary guy in this movie and probably in real life uh florence Pugh, i thought she was great she's only in a couple scenes but she's like a slightly unstable what's her job she's a communist but then what's it what's i think she she's do? like a literature major or something or something or PhD? She, she has those vibes <laughs> like um, i mean you're telling yeah this is a this is a, this this is a if we talk about I'm him, dude, come on, leftist intellectual guy with the cra- with the wild girl, girl, and then cheating who, on everything who, like, polyamorous. Get like unmounts you to d- fucking judge your bookshelf. Yeah, that's that's fucking I'm him, dude. Yeah. Um. um there you but, go. But yeah. she's pretty good. I like the the death scene. Um. Oh, where they you where see they, like a different hand or whatever. Where you, like, I thought that was pretty well done. Okay, hold on. What do you think of the actual Trinity test itself? Because the first time I saw it, um, I, w- you know, maybe this was because of the pre-movie cocktail or something that I had. But the first time I saw it, uh, the actual explosion, 
like I just couldn't stop thinking about the end of the world. And so to me, it was very affecting. Um, I understand some people are like, oh, it's not as uh, you know big as a real atomic explosion would be or whatever. But I don't know. I just thought all those close-ups where all you see is fire. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, I kind of get it. But what did I you think of the actual? I, I didn't think it was that that interesting to me. I feel like it made it yeah. made perfect sense. I feel like you know, like I've, I've I've kind of said before that Christopher Nolan is like the film bros film bro, where like it, it's just it's straightforward to me. Like you know, I, I if I was making this movie and the bomb goes off, I would also make it quiet. You know, I would do this whole thing. And obviously, in real life, it is delayed, right? The the shock wave mm-hmm. and everything. But yeah, it feels kind of straightforward to me. Um, yeah, that's that's my take on it. I mean, I don't know. I I like the I really 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 liked the build up to the um, Trinity test because I felt like he did a really good job of just like I don't know, creating this tone of like anxiety and like like kind of dread as you led up to it. Like it, the the music, I know that you hated the score, but I remember like they they just started adding a lot more like just droning you know music. There were, you started hearing the 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 bleachers which again that scene is like so i, I like scary. that i like that scene more like the after post trinity test oh thing, yeah because that, that's, that's what's really cool yeah jeez that that i mean hey that reminds me we were talking about blonde earlier but it's like the 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 same kind of thing where it's like the scene of marilyn or i guess the 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 actress because it's not technically supposed to be marilyn monroe i guess but if it's uh the, the you know on a day or moss going through the crowd and everyone has these like kind of monstrous distorted faces I thought like yeah, Nolan, kind of surreal kind of thing. It's like his. Like Nolan, yeah, this is like it's his version of like, that. I feel like yeah, the close-ups of all the faces. I don't think there was there was no like CGI. He wasn't like swirling people's features around like they did in Blonde or whatever, or like making everyone's like mouths and eyes like huge. But yeah. they did look like monstrous. I don't know if it was like they all just like 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 red-faced pig people. Like they didn't look human, you know. Yeah, and I mean you have um, the, the the skin peeling off. You have like that one random scream oh, yeah, that was really really daughter. haunting. Yeah, that was like fucking like the yeah, the, again, the first time seeing that in the theater where like I I don't even know how you think to do this where all the sound cuts out. You only hear the sounds of people's like feet shuffling, their like clothes rustling and stuff like that. The chairs, yeah. But you don't actually hear the clapping, and then you just hear a single scream. But just that use of sound design, I thought was like that whole scene is so fucking good. Like you know, yeah, I like that a lot. And like I like that you know, like when he walks through, he you know steps on like a like a corpse, I guess, but like a whatever remains. You know, you have mm-hmm. that. You have like the shots of people like crying and laughing and celebrating and having sex and crying and yeah. you, know, you get the guy throwing up which i think is kind of fun like is that guy throwing up because of this is this guy throwing up because like he's supposed to be like radiation poisoning like you just don't really no, know. i saw some people saying that but i think that's just like him i think that's just supposed to be like oppenheimer looking around and just being disgusted like you know it's like he's seeing that guy throwing up like you see people like passing around bottles and stuff like that i think it's just like you know he's not in a great headspace and then he sees this guy that's like fucking partying after they just killed however many tens of thousands of people um and like throwing up and just like looking like you know pathetic yeah. uh and then oppenheimer just kind of looks at him with like disgust or whatever um i th- i guess i read it more as like as like kind of like i guess disgust like like kind of like fear like this is like well, this is how we're reacting to this kind of thing you know yeah or it's like is this who we are like you know that's the kind of thing um but yeah oh i really liked all the like visualizations of abstract physics concepts i thought those were all really cool like you know so you see those in his um in the early scenes which are like 
you know, it's it's he he lived basically in the same period as like the birth of theoretical physics and and stuff like that. So you kind of see that um, that science evolve along with him, I guess. Uh, and so there's a lot of scenes of him just like tr- thinking about atoms and getting freaked the fuck out and stuff like that. That's so funny. Oh my god, these atoms are scary. Yeah, he's like, oh, the string theory, and he's just stare like having anxiety attacks just thinking about like molecules. Um, <laughs> thank God I'm not a STEM major, right? Yeah, yeah. I also like when he's like staring at like at the Picasso painting or whatever. He's just like, oh yeah. shit, man. Listen, like, I mean, okay, he's, like, not, he's like an intellectual I, in real life or whatever. He's supposed to yeah, be Yeah, and I think th- this movie, I think, condemns Oppenheimer a lot. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, every scientist I read now, like, they're all like, oh, who needs fucking philosophy? Who needs books? I'm just, give me science and math, baby. And it's like, I don't know, I wish there were more scientists that actually t- took an appreciation of art and philosophy and, like, you know, music. Like, it seems like a lot of the scientists in this movie do. Yeah. <laughs> you want to yeah. know... Here, Here's why I don't... Here's the scene I don't like about the score. When when Niels Bohr is like, it is not about the equations, but you if have you to can hear, hear the, music. the music... Can you hear the music? He's like, yeah, I can hear the music. And then it plays... Again, Film Bro 101. Oh, he's talking about music? Let's play some fucking fake-ass classical music because that's what his head's supposed to be thinking of. Mm-hmm. I think that that's that's like that's like so on the nose, you know. It, it's like the same thing as like, oh, there's like there's a duck walking. Let's use a, like a bassoon to be like, you know, noise. Yeah, so it's a little bit like, and I know everyone loves it, but I'm like, it's just going back to the menswear like philosophy thing that I'm kind of like working on here, where it's like some of the best menswear is like it's not it's not straightforward. There there are subtle cues you can do, and that's what makes a good film score. You know what I mean? Like like Star Wars, like. You have fanfares, but like the like it's not just oh trumpets. Like you have like you know the rebel the rebel fanfare is like these really big blocky chords. It's very triumphant, but you know the, the imperial march uses trumpets too. It's a it's a it's a more you know the darker type of fanfare. Like so, there's a lot of ways you can play around with this, and I'm sure Ludwig Göransson is good. I you know I think other I think other stuff he's worked on is is better. I think this kind of score works best for like a tenant thing. I think with this one, it would have been cooler to have a more thematic idea of Oppenheimer, and I think I'm pretty sure that that string line thing because it also plays at the end of the movie i feel like it's kind of his theme but it, it doesn't mm. really do it. It, it it still it could be for any anybody you know it doesn't feel like it's it's his uh thematic identity uh, it just feels and there's a lot of scenes where like this music is just too loud uh, it's building up tension for like no reason i think there's one scene where he's talking to um uh dane dehan's character and he's like you know he's getting his security clearance and it's playing like these like stravinsky s like dun 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 and i'm like yeah like they're just they're just talking, man. Like I feel like you know, there's there's uh, there's other ways to do this, and I think again, Ludwig Göransson just kind of plays it on the nose. Um, but again, that that's maybe that's what Nolan likes to do. Like he is the film bros film bro. He likes to do these things to the highest degree possible in the best way. But it's still like I, I'm surprised there wasn't like if this was if this movie was made like the 90s, you would have like Latin choir for something. You well, know see, like, it's, do, it's do you know the that nose. there was a movie that it, it's hold on, it's called Trinity. Oh, that's right. Uh, that was that was made in the '90s. That is kind of this movie. Um, it's not really this movie because it's like, it's. I think it's more just about the Manhattan Project. I don't know if Robert Oppenheimer is a major character in that. Um, Trinity, Trinity movie. Uh, I accidentally googled. Well, anyway, uh, it's. I I watched a couple scenes from it. It is very funny to see like the '90s Oppenheimer, <laughs> like to see the '90s version of the atomic bomb test, which I think they do set to like classical music or something. 
uh, in the 90s version, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see how they, uh, how they do it back then. Um, yeah, overall, I like the film. I'd probably, this is definitely a film I'd have on in the background because I like I liked the, watching this for scenes and everything like that. Um, and again, we've talked a lot about the costuming. I think it's, it's done well. Clearly by the interviews, like they did a lot to like, you know, make sure Oppenheimer has like an iconic look. He's the only one wearing a hat, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. Here's here's a couple of, of pull quotes here. Uh, she says, I've used uh, the designer says I've used suiting throughout my entire career. A suit is never just a suit to me. Anyone who thinks this is just silly. It's, you know, it's about the cut of the suit, what fabrics you choose, what colors you choose, what the shape is. And I'm like, hell yeah, dude. Classic menswear mantra right there. Um, I said that uh, whether or not the clothes were sourced from vintage or designed for the film, it's half and half. All the principal characters were made, designed, created. They don't use brands. All of Killian and Robert Downey Jr.'s clothes were made. The rest were sourced from costume houses, vintage, and whatever we found them. Um, And again, like for the scientists... Um, you know, they, they all the things come to play. They either get to pick, like, you know, like the, the, they have a sweater vest or a three piece suit, the pin in the collar. They worked with the, co- with the character or the actors to kind of formulate, like, what their character would dress like, of course, based on the real one as well. Um, and yeah, I think it's, you know, this movie does it well. And I wish I want more period films or just films in general that have yeah. good costuming in it, you know? And, Maybe we can end on the fact, like, do we think that this is going to be a menswear... I mean, it is a menswear movie. I think people are talking about it a little bit. I mean, I don't think uh-huh. it'll be like a, like a madman thing where everyone's going to start dressing like Oppenheimer. I'm I not going to dress I mean, like that would Oppenheimer. Be nice. <laughs> I um, have seen a bunch of people... Uh, like, uh, this is mostly, like, Twitter stands with, um, like, Killian Murphy profile pics and stuff like that. But they'll, they'll talk about his snatched slutty waist. But I don't know if that's uh, something that you can uh, necessarily uh, emulate. But so you know, that's what that's what people are picking up on at least. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh... Um, I don't understand what they mean by that either, <laughs> because again, maybe just as a person who wears high-rise pants, I'm like, it's just a normal waist. Yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing damn slutty about Robert J. Oppenheimer. Don't you dare call him that. Yeah, Actually, I would love. He is kind of. He is kind of. I don't know. He's he's the wife fucker. <laughs> and they call him that because he fucks wives yeah um but yeah no i, I really like that it's gotten me to kind of you know again to do some somber suiting in a way that's still vintage and not overly fraser as we've as we've discussed recently i've been kind of doing that a lot so yeah kind of just reminding me about my roots and, and how easy it can be and how cool it can be and hey if other people get inspired to do it then i won't look as weird when i'm walking around you know so yeah I also am wearing suspenders a lot, even though you don't see Oppenheimer do it too much. He wears a belt for most of the scenes where he's not wearing a jacket, but some of the scientists get to wear some uh, suspenders. And, you know, I have those Darcy clothing ones that have, like, the cool red, uh, like, deco stripe through it, which I really like, that make him feel a lot Mm -hmm. more vintage. So I've been doing that a lot. Um, But, yeah, only time will tell if this goes on. Uh, I'm sure in Halloween, you know, when Halloween comes in a couple months, or I guess weeks from the release of this episode yeah. um people will probably do some kind of like barbenheimer mix you know maybe they'll do like pink with like a fedora or something you know i feel like that's gonna happen uh did you wear anything froppy when you uh, oh yeah went? yeah so i i saw it twice uh and my two outfits were both just kind of like just dressing like it was 1945 one outfit was just uh i had my jean i did a denim tuxedo with my like uh type one jacket which is the 
like wartime style where they cut down on uh, fabric. Uh, so there's four buttons and no pack pocket flap. Uh, I wore that with just my jeans, some cowboy boots, and a sweatshirt, and then my Stetson, of course. So that was just kind of like, I'm just a guy from New Mexico in 1945. Uh, and then the second one I wore, uh, I had some gabardine pants with a 40s sweater and then a 40s short jacket with just, I think, like a striped shirt. Which that was kind of more like, this is what the scientists are wearing in the movie a little bit. Um, yeah. But those were my two Oppenheimer outfits. And of course, the Stetson for the other one, too. You got to have the Stetson. Yeah, I so yeah I wore mine, uh, <clears throat> which is basically straight up Oppenheimer cosplay, I guess, where I wore mm-hmm. my my Stetson silver belly with a my brown, like, you know, topish brown single-breasted suit from uh, Atelier Fugue with a chambray uh point uh, work shirt i did not i i did have my my you know my blue natty adams one but yeah, that's kind of a, a slim shirt i don't know if mj's gonna mj or jay are gonna fight over my old spear points but i wore that one with I'll a win. black military tie um i wore and i everyone loved my western belt because it it's it's to a lot of people it looks like the oppenheimer belt because it's got it, you know it is native american uh in its design so i really love wearing that and then i wore that with cowboy boots even though in real life he wore chukkas, at least from one out one photo mm. I have of Oppenheimer, where he's I think in Berkeley, but he is wearing a suit with leather chukka boots, not suede, nice. but just regular chukka boots. So very very Drake's esque, I guess maybe or or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I wore that. Uh, no one else I saw dressed up for Oppenheimer. That is not something that people dressed up for. But I mean, MJ were walking. Or someone was like, someone gave me a thumbs up. I think they just thought. I don't know if it was for Oppenheimer or they just thought my outfit was cool. <laughs> There but I mean, go. okay, like I think I mean I think my outfit looks straight up Oppenheimer. Like it just it it just looks like it. I think it would be impossible to look at my outfit and be like, oh, that guy's just normally wearing that, yeah. you know? Well, it's because yeah. it's suit it's straight up that with fedora I, going to the movies. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the second time I watched it, I wore pajamas because I watched it at like there eleven o'clock again because I really wanted to see that it. Was, that was me. The outfit. The the first one because it was eleven. Yeah. O'clock. Uh, but yeah, if you guys haven't seen it, uh, go watch it. I guess this is not promotion. Go watch those movies. <laughs> we can't. We're not under contract. You know? Yeah, we're not uh, under contract. It's fine. But but yeah, I think the costuming is really good. There, there's a lot to to, to glean from. Yeah. So um, extra long episode for one extra long movie and one regular length movie. I that's think right. Two that's hours. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, so yeah. Enjoy this episode, everybody. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, and if you want to, you know, support the podcast, you can. You can go to www.patreon.com slash direction for $5 a month. You get access to our Discord, where we're always talking about everything from clothes to movies. Broke uh, and, um, and you also get to hear our bonus episodes, which are normally about movies. But this one uh, you get for free. Well, this is not... This is not this is not out of the archive. This is a actual mainline episode. You'll get a regular this movie a one. regular episode. Yeah, you'll get, you'll get an actual... Uh, movie one shortly after this one i don't know what movie we're watching yet but we'll figure it out um but yeah you get that for ten dollars a month you get access to all of that and the added bonus of us saying your name and we also thank you in every blog post or at least i do because i write the blog uh but mj who are we thanking we're thanking our sidecast fanatics shane curry philip quickard henrik ruhlberg and alexander batten we appreciate you guys so much uh, sure do. lots of good episodes for the end of this year you know um, hope you guys enjoyed the Banff episode which came out before this um, and yeah some other cool stuff 
uh, we actually made space for this because we thought it was important enough to have its own episode. This was originally right. not going to be on the mainline schedule, so you should love us forever. Thank uh, you. I think that's it. Check out the show notes on Sound Direction. Not really. Sorry. You got to check out the show notes on my blog, a little bit of rest dot com. Uh, you right. can follow the podcast at Style and Direction. You can follow me at Ethan M. Wong. I'm at Spencer DSL. I'm at IAMJ. And we'll see you guys next time, unless the bomb destroys <laughs> everything. <laughs> Who knows? Hey, Einstein, did you remember when I gave you those calculations about... I'm know, thinking of a number. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes, I remember it well. What of it? Yeah. I believe it's we have. It's two, darling. <laughs> N- near zero. <laughs> Just wait for our episode on Meister, yeah, which I think comes out in December or whatever. We're gonna, we're gonna oh, cover there you that go. Movie. We're gonna, we're definitely doing. I'm thinking of a number right now. I don't know what number I'm thinking of. Sixty nine. It's just a phrase. I'm thinking. There you go. Yeah. Sixty nine four twenty, baby. Yeah, Bert, didn't Bernstein uh, like cheat on his wife a bunch? I don't know. I don't, he's like a with, he's a little, little guys? fucker. Well, no, that's like he he was a, a gay man. He was married, but he was also a gay man. Oh, I did not know that. Really. Uh, I don't know why I didn't know this. That's actually crazy. Okay, I thought you were making a joke, but yeah. No, I I was uh, I I did not know this. Should I scroll down to his thing here. This is yeah, but go to personal life. Okay, scrolling to personal <laughs> social activism, uh, audio recordings. No, okay, I guess not. Okay, I, it's not there. Uh, oh, I guess he was bisexual. Throughout his life, Bernstein had affairs with both women and men. What what a king. Progressive. Yeah, there you go. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, well, hey, we'll talk about Lenny when it comes time to that. So keep an eye out for that bonus episode. You'll have to join the Discord for that one. Whoa! Mm-hmm. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. 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 Bye bye. Bye bye.